Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is July 22nd, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going good. How's your week been, brother? Been all right. You know, got the kids in the camp. Unfortunately, the camps are on, like, opposite sides of town. So that's a pain in the ass. But I do get those few precious hours of peace that uh, I do appreciate. But yeah, yeah, you know, you're used to this is your second year with that same uh, yeah same system. So it, it is what it is. Just gonna, you know, it's a good opportunity for the kids. They love it. They love what they're doing. Um, I am definitely a fan of the whole idea of year-round school. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying every day of school, every year of school. Just, but just, like my nephew and niece are in it, and it's like they have five weeks off during the summer, which is pretty long, right? And then they just spread the wealth. It's like. They have three and a half weeks or something like that around Christmas, three weeks around Easter. They, uh, you know, it's like uh, two weeks at Thanksgiving. It's like, that makes so much more sense. Like, this is, because I, I don't know, some kids, I guess, like that. But my kids, they're, they're doers. They need to do things. You know? and, I, and I don't blame them, because that's how I was as well. Uh, so, like, them sitting around for long periods of time, days on end. It's not good for anybody. And it's more torture for you. Than and it's more torture for me than it is for them. So I like this idea of, of uh, you know, just spread it out. Like, give them two and a half months off. Just don't give it to them all at once. <laughs> you know, like, spread it out. Because then we could go do some cool traveling at, like, Thanksgiving or Easter. or Where everybody else is in school. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea a lot. Anyhow, so... And nobody's ever listening, but so, that's my two cents. Just, <laughs> all good, brother. All good. Uh, I can I can see where you're coming from. I, I kind of like that all that time off during the summer, but uh, I can see where you're coming from with that too, because you know. Well, some kids are mellow. You know, yeah. some kids are like they just kind of roll into it, and my kids aren't those kids. And again, <laughs> I, I wasn't that kind of kid either. Yeah. Uh, so I can't really gripe or complain about it. Yeah. 
you know, just <laughs> just a lot of work. Just a lot of work <laughs> for me. Well, we're looking forward to tonight. We got uh, Villa Avenue uh, band uh, out of Chicago. We'll be chatting with uh, Chris Schindler from them and uh, see what they got going on. And, uh, <coughs> See what, what kind of, you know, we got some music for theirs to play, so some fun, fun times there. Of course, we got Brewski's Beer Tasting. I think we have AD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to reach out to him today, but I haven't heard he back from him. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, T Bone, so T Bone's time out will be here. So, we got we got a full night and uh, gonna have some fun as always. You're listening to the Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're gonna take our first break and come back and do this. This here is the good friends of the show, Channel 3. You make me feel cheap. Back after this. And this one's called. You make me feel cheap. This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. At 7 I shower. Every day I wake up For at those five caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. 
Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. <laughs> Welcome back to Swoops Weather Talks for our radio network. Let's give our guests a call. Get, uh, get a chance to chat with him. I gotta get ready in case you know. Hello, we'd like to welcome to the show Chris Scheinler. Is it Schindler or Scheinler? Uh, Schindler. Actually, you got it right. Uh, I was just listening. It was perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Chris Schindler from uh, Villa Avenue. Uh, and uh, they're a, a band uh, out of uh, Chicago, Illinois. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Great, man. Welcome to the show. Glad to, glad to have you, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, how, how you actually got started in music and, uh, and then how you guys, uh, how the band come together. Um, well, me personally, I got, uh, into music. My, I have a very musical family. So, uh, my uncle bought me my first guitar, uh, against my parents' wishes when I was like 11 years old. And, uh, it was like a little tiny, uh, six string, um, nylon guitar. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> so I started playing that and then, uh, started writing songs and stuff probably when I was 19. And then, uh, just joined bands and, um, from there the band that we have now um we just started back up uh, a couple of the guys in the band we uh we've been playing on and off together for a couple of years uh-huh. but we just joined back together and we uh um grabbed a, a new guitar player jim who's awesome so we just started a couple months ago and playing some songs and uh doing some recording and uh we just had our first show back uh last week so we've been moving right along Excellent, excellent. Well, um, you know when when you know you you guys got together, a couple of you played before, but uh, you know you said you started writing when you were right, around nineteen, writing songs, and, and what inspired you to write? And then uh, how does that work with the band? Do you guys kind of share the wealth on the uh, the writing of the lyrics, or some, or is it a community effort? How does that work? Um, well, yeah, I started uh, started writing songs. I guess um, I don't. Know, my uncle, when he used to play guitar for me he would kind of pick songs and he would kind of make them his own. Like he would do, uh, he would do wild thing, right? Uh-huh. And he would, he would do the wild thing part. And then he would point to Pete, to whoever he was next to, and they would have to make up a verse. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, it was very interesting. It could, it could get really, uh, really interesting. So, um, and uh, you know, my, my family is they're pretty musical. We had, you know, some family songs or whatever that we would sing. So I guess, um, it just came natural to, to try to, to write music. Um, I didn't know I was any good at it. Well, I still know if I'm any good at it. But, uh, I didn't know, you know, until you start, you kind of cautiously play it to somebody and they kind of encourage you. And um, It's just fun. It's just fun. It's funner to me to create, I guess. Yeah. But um, as far as the process, uh, most of the time, I guess, I'll write a song or an idea for a song and I'll bring it to the band and... Um, 
we'll either play it as it is or we'll we'll you know add to it or whatever that whatever they bring to it uh, we're pretty open as far as collaboration goes and then as far as lyrics sometimes those, those don't even get done until we record it sometimes uh we've had it where you know the guys in the band didn't they didn't hear the lyrics or anything until the recording was done so. <laughs> that usually comes that usually comes last so so I usually get, hey, that was actually really good. I'd never heard you sing that before or something like that. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys have a good time together, man. Yeah, it's, it's very fun. And it's great. It's, it's easy when you play with people that you just click with. It doesn't really have anything to do with, um, well, it does. But skill level is good. It's important. But as long as you can play together and you gel well together and you understand each other and you have good relationships, then it's just fun. Yeah. And no matter what happens, then you're you're having fun. Do you, uh, do you guys come from different styles of music? I mean, you know, a lot of, you know people grow up and and uh, you know listen to listen to what they like and what they love, and and uh, when they join bands, and you know they bring a little bit of that. And, and a lot of times when people come together, you know, people had a different musical taste, but still they come together as a band and, and they make it work. Yeah, well, it's actually pretty interesting because. Uh, when I first started writing songs, they were very, um, we all come from very different backgrounds. So I was more thinking, wow, these guys aren't even going to, you know, they're not going to stick around because they're in a completely different style of music. I'm more, I, I guess I grew up more, my dad um, played a lot of like more acoustic storyteller songs, mm -hmm. you know, from like the 70s. Guys like uh, Gordon Lightfoot and Harry Chapin and yeah. Jim Croce. Those kind of guys that kind of um, told stories in their songs, you know. They kind of had, um, I think Harry Chapin, he had problems getting songs on the radio because his average song was like seven, eight minutes. <laughs> but uh, so I, I love a lot. Of, I love a lot of classic rock. I love Neil Young. I love, um, you know, everything up to, you know, Dave Matthews Band. I like those guys as a band. And, um, but I. Uh, my drummer, Jason, he's into, uh, like, Nirvana. He's into harder stuff. Um, Nirvana and Foo Fighters, that kind of stuff he yeah. really loves. And uh, great player John is more into, like, uh, his, he loves Sublime. Kind of more, um, you know, upbeat kind of, I guess, reggae, but he loves that kind of stuff. He also likes uh, classic music and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so everybody kind of brings their own... Um, sound, I guess, to the band and uh, See, comes from it, different backgrounds. But there's something, I guess, that's common about what we're doing that everybody kind of, uh, uh, you know, gravitates towards. And I don't know what it is, but um, they do. <laughs> I don't know. They do when it works. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So everybody he, listen, everybody he mentioned, Peter, I, I listen to all of them. I listen to sure. Harry Chapin, Jim Croce, Nirvana, all that stuff, Foo Fighters, and Sublime. I mean, yeah. they're from they're from Long Beach, so you, you got to listen to them. So <laughs> there you go. All good. All good. When, when you guys, uh, you said you know you, you played your first show. Um, you know, uh, there's 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 that time where uh, you know you, people get together and you spend a lot of time rehearsing or you spend some time in the studio. And that's one thing. But then live performance is, is a little bit different. Uh, did you guys find it, it? Everything just seemed to just gel on stage there. Yeah, well, we uh, we kind of do things backwards. We kind of we kind of book the show, <laughs> and then 
and then get ready for it, I guess. <laughs> um, we've always kind of – we did that a lot when, like, when we first started. Like, you know, we'd just be excited to play, and then we go, oh, my God, we actually got to gotta fill three hours, or we got to fill – but it kind of forced you to do it. And um, so I don't, this last show, we had about two weeks to get ready for, and our guitar player was pretty new. He was pretty new to the music, so he learned about – 20-something songs, 26 songs in two weeks. So he was pretty, he's pretty exceptional. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it's original music, too. So it's not like we had a, a lot of covers that we could just send him and for him to learn. So he, uh, he caught on pretty quick, and he was pretty good. And um, so, yeah, I guess when we were playing live, well, let's just put it this way. When we played live, it sounded... Um, way better than when we were rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You actually got people there so, coming to see you now. You got you got to you got to step up the game. <laughs> that's right. Maybe we're just more critical. I don't know. Something about a live show. I mean, it's, it's so loud. It's so um, you can hide a lot of your mistakes, I guess, in the in the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> when you uh, but yeah, I think we did pretty good. When you, uh, you know, you said you were growing up and, and, you, were, and you started doing things and, you, and your uncle had that way and, and you, you guys kind of, seems like you did a whole lot of uh, the singing and stuff in front of the family, but uh, do you remember what it was like the, the first time you got out there and, and sang for, uh, you know, more than family, more than just playing, you know, more than fr- uh, close friends, but, uh, you know, strangers included? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, um, you know, it's funny because um, I, uh, I'm more nervous, I guess, playing in front of family and friends than I am in front of people I don't know. Yeah. So I'm not the guy that can sit around a campfire with his buddies and and, and play comfortably. <laughs> I get pretty, uh, I get pretty, you know, nervous or insecure or whatever. Um, but I guess when you play in front of people you don't know, I don't have a problem. I guess it's it's just easier. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you are who you are. So if people are going to like you or they're not, there's nothing you can really do about that. There's nothing I can really change about, about that that would make a difference. You know, I mean, that's, that's, so that's, that's the kind of attitude you have to have as, as a, you know, as a, somebody who's involved in the creative industry because, you know, you, you, get, you, you put your time and your effort into something and it, it's, it's to your liking and then you put it out there, you know, for everybody else to see. And people can be so critical, especially in this day and age of, you know, social media and stuff. But if you can, if you can say, hey, th- this is what I do, this is, how, this is what I got, and, you know, if people like it, they like it, they don't, they don't, I think you, you, you're going to be a little bit less traumatized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't mind critical. Critical is good for me. And uh, if it's good or bad, um, one of my uh, actually one of my favorite um, things that somebody had said to me was we have a uh, I wrote a song called Come Inside and it's kind of a uh, kind of a, just an acoustic kind of uh, quieter kind of lovey dovey song uh-huh. and we got done playing it at a show once and this this kind of uh, we're an acoustic rock band kind of so we're kind of we're kind of lighter but we got some heavier stuff but we're more generally lighter and this guy um, who probably clearly into metal and, and some really uh, um, heavier music. We had had some we had had some CDs that we used to hand out like crazy. And he had gotten his hand on our CD and uh, Come Inside was on there. And he came up to me and he kind of shyly came up to me and he said uh, how much you love that song. But he had said that, uh, you know, he, he says, you know, don't take offense to this, but when whenever anybody comes over 
and I got that song playing, I got to run over and turn it off. <laughs> and I thought, that's awesome. Actually, that, that's probably even cooler to me than anything because, you know, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's cool to me that he, uh, that not only he liked it, but he approached me and, and told me about it, and uh, it's cool. It's all good. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're going to take our first break, and uh, we're going to play. Uh, we're going to play "Running in Circles." Is there anything you want to tell any tell our audience about that song before we hit it up? Yeah, well, um, that's the first song that we recorded just recently with the new band, and um, yeah, it's just a it's just a fun song. Um, not really deep, I guess. It's just about running in circles, but being in a standstill in your life, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, my buddy John is playing bass. He does great backup vocals on it, and um, we recorded it. And uh, there it is. All right. <laughs> You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Chris Schindler of Villa Avenue, and this is Running in Circles. Back after this.
And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to our world today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Z. We're Casey Regan. We're from Music You Can See and Ameriblues.com and Kelly's Live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. And welcome back to Swoops World on Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Chris Schindler from Villa Avenue. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Uh, well, thank you. Hey, uh, very, very good tune there, man. And uh, was, uh, you, you did the voc- vocals. Uh, who's playing the lead guitar now? Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I uh, sing lead vocals and, and guitar, and um, our buddy Don is the bass player. He sings backup vocals. Oh, nice, nice. Now, how did you guys all meet? I mean, you said you know a couple of you were in bands together before, but how, how did you all meet? Um, well, Jason and I, the drummer Jason. Uh, we were in high school. We had a keyboard class uh, together, uh-huh. and we pretty much spent the whole time just kind of goofing around and saying, "Hey, you know, we should start a band. We should start mm-hmm. a band." And uh, we, I don't think we, either of us could play the keyboard very well, but uh, we still can. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, maybe a couple years later, we ran into each other and. Hey, we gotta start that band. So we did, and then uh, John, um, typical story. You know, you put out an ad at, at the local uh, at the local music store, and he answered it. So he answered it pretty quickly. Actually, I think a two days after we put it up, we got him. And then uh, our newest member, Jim, uh, we met through some mutual friends. Um, we've known him. I've known him a couple of years now, but uh, uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, wasn't meant to be until now, I guess. So, yeah. uh, he's, he's been a musician. He's been in some bands, and uh, we've all been in just different bands and playing and trying different things. But um, yeah, so that's how we met. And uh, a few months ago, we all met at Jim's house and started playing some songs and recording, and that's how it went. Do you, uh, you know, do you like the recording process? I, I know you're saying, you know, you know, things about being on stage and whatnot, and and playing in front of people. But uh, you know, you got to wear multiple hats, you know, when you're when you're, you know, in the mm-hmm. music business, and uh, and you have to put something out there for people to take home with them uh, after they come see a show. So, uh, do you like the recording process? Is is that uh, creative and enjoyable to you also? Yeah, it is. Um, it, I guess it depends. Um, what environment you put yourself in. Um, I guess, you know, right now we're recording uh, kind of in a home studio, so it's less 
pressure as far as time. But uh, that can be a bad thing, too, because you could be <laughs> overly critical or you could, you know, um, spend too much time or you could spend too little time or whatever. Right. When you're but, playing for uh, a professional studio and a professional engineer, you're like, we need to be focused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time That's, is money. Yeah, time is <laughs> money. Right, right. And so um, and a lot of times you're stuck with stuff that you just, you're not really happy with. Or <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, so it's, it's, it's relaxing and it's, you know, it's nerve wracking, but, um, you know, uh, it was done in all different ways. We tried it where, you know, you just do it to a quick track and you do it individually, or there's other times where you just try it just full band all at once, but, um. You know, it's a process, but it's fun. I mean, I guess I'd rather be playing live shows than yeah. recording. Yeah. What's the... But what, either, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, either either one, you know, like you said, you got to wear many hats. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, they're both fun, so it's not like we're not suffering. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the music scene like out there where you're at? I mean, is it, you know, for especially for, uh, you know, you know, bands, you know, we, we talk to so many bands... Uh, you know, across you know across the U.S. and, and in parts uh, other parts as well, and you know we'd hear t- you know dis- discussions about you know getting gigs at places and sometimes having to deal with people that want you to pay to play and 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 in some places there's yeah. not enough venues to get to go out and, and and gig you know as often as they want. What's the music scene like where you're at? Uh, we're living in a cover band world, my yeah. friend. Wow, wow. <laughs> over here in Chicago. Which is the same because there's a lot of great music here in Chicago. There's a lot of great original music. There's a lot of great just people all around. I mean, even on the streets, you walk down the streets of Chicago, you're just going to see amazing, just amazing talent. Just kids. You see little kids doing amazing stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the atmosphere. There's a lot of cover bands. There's a lot of... Um, we used to do... Uh, we played a lot of shows with a... Um, with the Alice in Chains, they booked us a lot with the Alice in Chains uh, tribute band, which I love these tribute bands because they don't just take, you know, the uh, the hits of multiple bands and, and their greatest hits and, you know, go around trying to make money off of it. They're, they're paying tribute, you know. So we would play like one or two night stands with these guys, and one night they would play, you know, an entire album straight through, <laughs> which is awesome, you know. Yeah. The good, the bad, everything. And they attract really good fans because people that love these bands are going to come out and see them. Yeah. But um, it was interesting. We love playing with those guys. But, uh, yeah, you're going to see, you see a lot of cover bands. You know, as, as you know, as a, as a group that likes to play original music, you're, you're kind of forced to have to, to play a lot of covers and then kind of throw your stuff in during a show uh, so people can hear what you got to play, I guess. Yeah. And we play covers too. I mean, you kind of have to, and it's fun too. It's not. It's not like a, a bad thing. Yeah. But um, um, you know, we play covers. We, we're very picky on the covers we play. <laughs> but uh, you know, we play some obscure ones, which some places don't like. <laughs> you know, yeah, a cover song. It's gonna be want people to, you know, to know it. But these are songs we think people should know. Right. Um. I don't know. You got you do have to walk the line, and it's 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 fine. But uh, you know, we play some Tom Petty covers, and we play um, Johnny Cash, some, you know, some Johnny Cash, and we play, um, you know, 
uh, we used to play some REM song. I love REM. Yeah. So. Do you yeah, you it's, guys, fun, it's fun to play covers. Do you put your own spin on the covers, or, or you just kind of play them as, as, as people recognize them? I mean, it, sometimes, you know, I, I know some club owners kind of want people to, to hear the song as it was written, but a lot of times I, yeah. I hear covers from bands of songs that a lot, sometimes I think are better than the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, well, we, actually it's funny, we've played cover versions of people's songs. So, like, we'll <laughs> play Johnny Cash. So we'll play Long Black Veil, put this song by Johnny Cash, but uh-huh. we'll play it the way that Dave Matthews band played it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, we'll do, like, a cover of somebody's cover. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's more, um, it fits our style more, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen bands, uh, I've, you know, we've seen bands that play. There's a lot of artists that are better, um, when it's covered, yeah, or changed, and um, that's, that's cool. I mean, if if you got a if you're a creative person and you and you enter in a cover band society, you know that's the way to be creative. So it's a good way to do it, I think. Exactly, exactly. Um, play the song, but you get to you get to be creative too. I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, one of the one of the songs we play that uh, from one of the bands that was here, uh, Channel Three. They've covered uh, Elvis's Blue Christmas, mm-hmm. and, uh, we, and it's it's a great version, yeah. and we play it quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want to give the wrong. You know, I I don't have anything like that cover that. No, but, uh, no. Yeah, I don't want to give up that. You know, impression. Didn't didn't come across Something that way. Deal with. It's 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 uh, and I and I and I get where you're coming from because. You know, so many bands are out there, uh, you know, like yourselves, are, you know, are, are writing their own music and doing some great things, and you want to be able to go out there and showcase that. But to get the gigs and play the clubs and uh, to be seen, you have to have a, a good repertoire of uh, cover songs uh, because, you know, a lot of uh, – we've talked, we've talked to so many bands. We've actually talked to some club owners, and, and you know, they, the club owners say, well, we want people to come in and hear what they, what they know. And then, you know, that gets them through the door and then, you know, gets them on the floor, gets them buying drinks and stuff like that. So I, I know as an artist, it's kind of a, a, a kind of a fine line you got to kind of maneuver around to, you know, to get you, to get the gigs to play and get, get your name out there and get your voice out there. But, you know, it's just kind of the way it works. Yeah. yeah. And we know a couple of bands, we know a band that, uh, that they were original and they thought, well, you know, we're going to play, we'll be a cover band and we'll build a uh, fan base. And then we'll introduce our original music. Yeah. And it's like, well, that doesn't really work. Yeah, it never works. <laughs> that never works. Nope. <laughs> no. And it's, it's nice, but it's kind of like a, like an Andy Kaufman thing. You know, where <laughs> he did Taxi, right? So, you know, he's known for Laka, and then he goes out and he, uh, he tries to do his college gigs, and they all scream out, you know, we want Laka. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He, ends up, he ends up bringing them, you know. Um, you know, just getting there, it's like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that, you know, that's, that's the reason I asked because you know, a lot of places now, you're starting to see clubs that, that that are popping up that are strictly, you know, indie for indie music, indie performances, and, and people go there expecting to, to, you know, to to discover something new, and uh, you know, and, and so you know, a lot of places. Those types of clubs are starting to pop up, but you know it's not it's, you know it's not overtaking the other clubs, but it's it gives uh, bands you know an opportunity to go out there and showcase their own music, you know at least for the night. 
you know, I find too, I think people want to hear original music more than I think people think. Oh, I agree. So it's like when people are around it, they they gravitate towards it. So I don't know. I just I just don't I don't agree with the mind frame. We were just up in uh, at Summerfest in Milwaukee, and um, they have bands just like just for miles, just different stages, and it's amazing. And we we went up there to see Neil Young, and there's some big name guys up there, and some smaller, you know, everyone from local bands to. And here's a place to see all this music, and when we went, it was just covered. It was just all they were all cover bands. Yeah. Like ah, oh, everyone is like, oh, we're, we're here to see some music. I don't know. Well, you um, need, you need to get out if, if you have if you've never been. You need to get out to see uh, to Seattle to Bumbershoot, and you will uh, you'll get your fill of uh, you know big name bands and and bands bands that you haven't heard of bands from other countries and uh, just a lot of original music and just a great great three day festival. But to be fair, there are a lot of great cover bands that I've seen. There's a, a band that cover uh, the Beatles cover band, American English. They're from they're around here a lot. They're amazing. There's um there's a lot of great cover bands out there. Too, yeah, so it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna play another one of your originals, and this one's called uh, "Tell Me Your Goodbyes." What do you what do you got for us on that? What, tell us a little bit about that. Um. Well, the recording uh, the one you guys have is pretty cool because um, it was produced by. Um, who is a uh, he's a music producer who's worked with um, Elton John and George Harrison and uh, Led Zeppelin. Nice. So we got the uh, we got the opportunity to, to uh, have that song produced by him, and uh, so uh, it was awesome. And he he plays guitar guitar on it, and there's um, a guy named Paul Hirsch who was in a band called Voyager. Uh, he's, playing, yeah, he's playing keyboards on it. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool to get to do that with those guys. That's awesome, man. Well, let's, so let's check it out. This is Tell Me Your Goodbyes by Villa Avenue. We're gonna, uh, you're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. Back after this. As I lie awake and watch you breathe, shadows on the wall go dancing on the breeze. Loneliness is in my mind, and you're the only one. So say your goodbyes, you're the only one hasn't given up on me. Tell me your goodbyes. Tell me when you leave. Tell me you're the only one that's coming back to me. Tell me your goodbyes. Tell me when you leave. Tell me you're the only one that's coming back to me. And I'll never know. Reason why you'd save a man like me? Why would you try? I throw my hands up, and leave it all to me. And what I'd offer you is the way I used to be. You're the only thing anybody. 
next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute, because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, Hi we're the we're enablers, enablers, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Swoop Swirl. Welcome to the Talk Show Radio Network here with Chris Schindler of Villa Avenue. Man, how, Chris, how'd you guys come up with the name for the band? Um, actually, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> a guy that, a guy that uh, actually, it was a, it was originally a song title for a song that we had, uh-huh. and uh, we were still thinking of a band name. And uh, our friend JD, who I used to work uh, at that store shop with. Um, <laughs> I like Bad well, Shots. Those places are huge. <laughs> yeah. He said, why don't you just name the band Ville Avenue? And we thought, okay. Uh, I mean, uh, one of the towns that we're from uh, is called Lake Villa. So that kind of fit. And we thought, okay, we'll just, we'll just 
people with that. It's one of the hardest things, I think. It's harder than writing songs or anything, coming up with a band name. Yeah. We, so when you, tried, when you first when you first said we didn't come up with it, some guy I thought here we go we're going we're going on boy band route. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my yeah, son, my son is uh, he's fourteen and he's an aspiring musician and he's he's a metalhead and uh, Metallica Slayer and all that and he will come to me with a list like literally uh, you know college ruled paper list of. And I'm like, names. I'm like, ah, I just uh, want to hear your best yeah. 10. Because he'll have like a hundred of them. Right. And he's got a band of two. He's 14. Right. So we've kind of narrowed it down to like dead possums. And uh, what's the other one? He's got like three or four that are pretty good. And his nickname is, uh, uh, I always called him Mr. Widget. So he's, he, I think he should oh. call himself the Widgets. I think that'd be cool. Dead that, possums. That's got, a great game. But he he was fourteen and he's agonizing, agonizing. Like he has no problems coming up with songs and and riffs uh-huh. and but he's agonizing over what this future, not even in existence band is going to be called. So I'm I'm hearing you when you say coming up with a band name is uh, I'm I'm living that. I'm yeah, watching I mean, it. <laughs> I, I feel insane. I mean, that's what people are going to be knowing you as more so than your. That's what they're going to be saying more so than your songs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's been some outstanding bands with shitty days, so sure. it, it, it can work. It can work. You go totally. You, <laughs> can, you can overcome it, but still, it helps when you got that catchy something that you know. I mean, the Rolling Stones got it right. I mean, that's yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, it's worked for a few years. That's the other thing too. Well, coming up with one that somebody else hasn't done, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, the Smashing Pumpkins is great. That's probably like how they came up with it. They're like, bug. sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so. <laughs> I talked right over you. You sorry. talked right over him, man. Sorry, I, can, man. I can hear what he said. <laughs> Chris, oh, go, no, go, ahead yeah. what you're go ahead and say what you're saying, Chris. Oh, I was just saying, you know, the days of naming your bands after, like, bugs and insects is just over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> and, and I was saying, as, as you were saying, I was like, that's how the Smashing Pumpkins came about. They're like, there's no good names out there. Let's just call ourselves the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, it there you go. It worked, but names have gotten more complicated. You're driving down the street. Oh, look, an oasis. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so true. Hey, so you guys, you guys had a, a gig not too long ago. You got any, you got any gigs coming up? We are actually um, in the process of booking more, but our our show that we have coming up isn't until Black Wednesday, so it's a couple months away. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But we're gonna be playing at a place called Sidehouse. An Island Lake, a town a little north of Chicago. Um, we're going to be playing with another band. But, uh, yeah, we're in the process of hopefully booking some shows in August and September. Uh, we just uh, hooked up back with our with our old booking agent, so we're kind of in the process of, of getting back out there. But um, right now, it's just that show. Very nice. We tried to cover a lot tonight. We want to make sure we covered everything you want to talk about Uh 
and uh, like we just said, you just got some you, some stuff you're starting to book. Anything you uh, anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered yet? Um, I guess I'd just like to say hey to uh, Cindy and Jen of Lady Lake uh, uh, Productions. They're my management team. Uh, they've been awesome. It's, uh, it's actually been great just uh, working. You know, you get back in the same music, and you get to work with these guys that are just with these girls that are uh, just really good people. And it's like um, it's like a family with these guys. And, and some of the uh, artists on the roster have just, just been great. And uh, so if they're listening, say hey. Well, but, uh, that that yeah. is a that is a good team. Uh, we we happen to know uh, Jen and Cindy, and, and uh, we've we've been had the pleasure of. Uh, you know, having a, having a few of their uh, clients on on the show over the last you know several months or a year or so, and and you're right, they uh, you know it's, we deal with a lot of, we deal with a lot of people uh, booking for the show, and they're you know you're in good hands there, man. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> your uh, your website, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Why don't you put that out so our listeners can know what, how to find you? Yeah, if you want to check us out, just go to our Reverb Nation page. It's just Villa underscore Avenue after ReverbNation.com. Uh, and our Twitter, and all of our links will be right on the Reverb Nation. So follow us on Twitter and uh, and on Reverb Nation. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Chris, it's a, it's a pleasure uh, having you on the show and, uh, and listening to your music, man. It's uh, uh, We really appreciate you coming on and uh, good luck to you guys, man. Yeah, thank you so much for your time and, and for having us on. Absolutely. Hey, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, brother? All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Best of luck. Chris Schindler from uh, Villa Avenue. You can go to SwoopsRoll.com and right there on the front page where it's, uh, the post says Villa, Villa Avenue on SwoopsRoll Late Night, there's a link in there that will take you to their Reverb Nation page. And as he said, their Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff is you can get to it all from the Reverb Nation page. So we get a chance to check them out. We're going to take a quick break, closing in on uh, a little brewski time and uh, – we're going to start Brucey's right on time, whether T-Bone's here or not. This is Carrie Appel, House of Cards, back on this. I 
Faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hello, this is Normandy Wilson, and you're listening to Snoop's World. And welcome back to Shoops Radio Network. T Bones in the house. Yeah, man. Yeah, you missed last week. Uh, what did we taste last tape. week? We had the mixtape. Oh, yeah. Mixtape, mixtape. Mixtape, whatever it was. And some uh, serious, uh, sublimely self conscious. Well, that's right. Sublimely self righteous. No, they don't do it self righteous anymore. They didn't do a 2.0. They did self conscious. Uh, they're calling it, yeah, supremely self conscious. Supremely uh, self conscious. Yeah, that's what it is. Which is so it's similar, but it's a, quite a bit more. Similar uh, but different. Similar but different. It's definitely in the, that mold, but it's uh, spicier. And we were drinking it because uh, my wife didn't care for it. 
She was a self-righteous uh, fan, yeah. as you can imagine. She didn't like and uh, she didn't care for it. And so I was like, well, we'll save that for the show. But you weren't here for that, so you missed out. But um, well, we took care of it for but you. We, we did. We did. We drank your part. Did not go to waste. It did not go to waste. And um, it was good. But I, I, I will agree with my wife in that uh, the self-righteous, I thought, was a better brew. Um, that's I mean, true. What they have now is good, but I, I, I did like the other one better. Um, so, uh, and then we had the mixtape, which was good, um, but a little odd. It was, um, it was different. What it we learned, it wasn't stone. <clears throat> right. Right. What we learned, uh, in the process was that, uh, they take an aged beer and blend it back into a new beer. Uh, uh so same brew, same, they just, they're mixing an older aged version with a newer version, hmm. uh, that's the mixtape part of it, and and this was a high low mix. That's what that was about. They have apparently other mixtapes that have totally different. What was the other one you did not get? Uh, do you recall? It was something else, but it had a bunch of fruit. It had in it. fruit in it. So that's what the mixtape was about. And uh, I thought that was good, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't spectacular, and as you said, it wasn't very Stone esque. No. It wasn't what we've come to know. The, the even the sublimely self-conscious was very stone-like, yeah. uh, different but very stone-like. So, yeah. both of those growlers got completed. So, you know, Good. we did our job. We did our due diligence. <laughs> How's your week been, man? You got the new job and everything, new gig. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's Congrats. been a great week. Yeah. Um, thank you. It's I. Uh, it's a bad time for gas prices to go up, though. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm driving like 30 miles a day instead of driving like two miles You're a day. Right. <laughs> Not looking forward to putting gas in now that it's like a dollar more than it was. It feels like it's a dollar more than it was. <laughs> so. But otherwise, it's cool, man. Fun, fun new challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Doing some stuff I. Probably am not qualified to do. It's so, so you're just like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fake it till you make it. That's what I'm working on. <laughs> all good, man. All good. And uh, we're about one minute away from Brewskis, man. I think we can go ahead and hit that. Uh, I think so. T Bone over there is parched. So we should go ahead. We should it's go ahead and get this going. time for Brewskis, our beer tasting <laughs> segment right here at Swoops Row Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskis, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Peter, you're up. Well, happy Wednesday, and uh, welcome to the beer tasting part, the most important part of the show. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Tonight we're drinking uh, another Bear Republic. I know we've tasted the Racer 5 and the Mach 10. I had the Mach 10 like two months ago, give or take. Not too long ago. Uh, which was still, whenever I see it, I grab it. Great beer. Tonight we're drinking the Cafe, I don't know if it's the Cafe 15 Racer or the Cafe Racer 15. But um, it's a 9.75% alcohol uh, from, as I said, Beer Bear Republic, and they're up in Cloverdale. And I'm just going to read right off the label what they have to say. Uh, Cafe Racer 15. There you go. That answers that. Features aromas of bright citrus and resinous pine from the generous use of Citra, Amarillo, Cascade, and Chinook, one of my faves, hops, which are complicated, complemented, excuse me, uh, by a dry malt finish. 
The result is a high revving double IPA that is loud and assertive, much like the rebellious street racers who inspired it. Never ride alone. Amen. So, Bear Republic Cafe Racer 15. Um, seems like all of their labels are sort of race related. Uh, or, they're all or, like a Speed Racer esque. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like that because yeah. that was one of my fave shows. So, uh, that's what we're drinking tonight. So, salute. Salute. You're you're up, man. You weren't here last week, so uh, oh, that's what you think, man. This is the Bear Republic Race, Cafe, Cafe Racer Fifteen. Cafe Racer Fifteen this is. Well, I don't know if it's just because I haven't had good beer in two weeks or what, but this is really good, really good. I'm I'm digging it, man. Um, got a little bit of a, a weird fruity tang to it, but uh, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I guess I haven't had, like I said, beer with any substantial amount of hopping in a while either, so. <laughs> Somebody's drinking uh, crashed, in, uh, crashed in the Rye by Clown Shoes right now. Did we have some Clown Shoes not yeah, so long ago? We've had, yeah, we've had two or three of theirs. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, one good of their stuff. IPAs and something else, I forget. Yeah. One of their brown ales. Nice. Peter, what are your thoughts on this one, man? Um, I'm liking this. i got to say that uh, Bear Republic, it seems like uh, they're... they're what we've been drinking, the Racer, the Mach 10, the Racer 5, and this one, are sort of variations of the same beer. They're distinctly different, but they're all very similar. So if you don't like that style, you're not going to like this. It's much like Stone that way. where right. Like, they have a sort of a profile. They're not doing radically different beers every time. Uh, so that being said, this is a profile I like a lot. And um, this is, I think... It's still plenty hoppy, but it's a bit more um, malty than the other two beers that mm-hmm. I just mentioned. And uh, this definitely could get into the rotation. I, I, I'm liking this a lot. This is a really good beer. And like you said, uh, you know, I, I kind of like when, uh, when beers have a profile in the sense that you can, you can grab it and taste it and you know that beer. It's just like if I'm listening to music, I, I know if I heard Clapton on the guitar. Right, right. You know, I know if I heard, you know. Uh, licked by certain certain guitarists because some of those guys have very signature styles, right? And like you said, these guys, Stone, and uh, you know, just just a few that Lagunitas is like yeah, this too. Yeah, you, you could take you, you could put the blindfold on and you go. I might not know which one of theirs this is, but right. I know who made this beer. Right. Yeah. And, it, and they they fit in the same thing there. And this is a really good tasting beer. And it is a lot maltier than what we normally normally drink. When you say yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think they, uh, I think they nailed it at this, and this is one of the, one of the better ones that we've had from them. And, and I think we've liked everything we've had from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. T Bone on a scale of one to ten, ten being best. I'm gonna give this guy an ocho. Ocho, yeah. and that's that's exactly where I am. Eight all a around. Solid eight. Eight solid eight all around. Peter, what are we eating with this? Uh, this falls into that big beer category, you know, uh, to stand up with this. Uh, Think red meat, carnivore stuff, go for it. Um, I, I wouldn't probably do, like, if you're going to grill, that's fine, but I wouldn't probably barbecue with this. Uh, you know, more than just a straight grill and, and uh, big, big flavors. Forget any of the other courses. This is that main course meal, uh, and it's just huge. It's a big beer that needs a big, big flavor, big food. What, to go what about for our vegan listeners, man? 
this probably could replace your main course meal because this is going to be heartier than probably the salad or whatever it is you were going to green thing you were going to eat. So TVP. Uh, so. I don't know. Uh, if you the one thing this might possibly go with if you're going that way is uh, like teriyaki type of stuff, uh-huh. you know, because that's got. But not the real, because teriyaki can get quite sweet, right? Uh, maybe like the more spicy side of that. Mm-hmm. This might hold up to that. So if you're going to teriyaki some tofu or, or I don't know, something. <laughs> you're going to teriyaki something. You're a professional chef. I'm sure at times people come to you and go, we need a vegan. We need it. We need, we, go ahead and make that. Oh, no, I can make you some <laughs> vegan stuff. I'm just saying it's not going to really go with this beer. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. I would then say, hey, go with a different beer. Okay. To go with, that's all. Okay. All, all right. right. I'm with you now. Oh, no, we're here now. <laughs> hey, we want to thank you for listening on there, uh, watching us over there on Periscope. Shout out to everybody who gave us hearts. We appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, we'll check what you get next week. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And that is another edition of Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there and join the beer of my club, and they will send you... Did you break it? I don't know what he did. Uh, (laughs) Join the beer of my club, they'll send you a box of beer each week. Each week, each month. Four different breweries, three bottles apiece, 12 beers in a box. There you got it. Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. We're about uh, 15 minutes away. From our good friend Anthony Davis calling in and talking to him, and uh, he's got plenty to chat about. Uh, he's on the road today, so we'll be catching him uh, in, uh, you know, as he's mobilizing around. So we'll be calling him pretty soon. We'll take a quick break, listen to some Halloween. This one's called No One Around. Back after this. <laughs> Rose dim, can you hear the sound? 
Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst, and the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old, that means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Psst. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hello, this is Steve Delamater, and hello to all you out there on the interwebs. Keep it right here on Swoops World. Shaking, baby, wanna go for a spin. I got the top down, looking round at places I've been. There's a diner on the corner. Steve Delamater. That guy is uh, outstanding. He's great, and you get a chance to check him out, uh, especially if you're in the Pasadena area. That's where he does a lot of his gigging. Give him a, give him a check out, man. Tell him uh, Swiss World sent you. Good, good music, always a lot of fun. Yeah, pretty darn good interview, too, man. Oh, yeah, he's funny. <laughs> I like best when he shows up and he can perform for us. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so we got a, we got a few minutes, and um, until we get to that, uh, let's just take care of a few things. Peter, how about a little bit of audible.com, man? Audible.com. So if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld, uh, you can check out and uh, get your first download of an Audible book for free. Um, Audible has 250,000 titles, <clears throat> lots of great talent. I actually ran across, because I listen to a lot now, uh, some um, Colin Firth, mm-hmm. was he, I forget what it was he was reading, and uh, somebody else, somebody else. It's like somebody like Gwyneth Paltrow type of person. Oh, no, Claire Danes, not Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know. I get those all, they're all confused to me. Anyhow. <laughs> Top-tier talent, reading some great, great books. Uh, 250,000 titles. Listen to them while you're in the car, as I have been quite often now, 
driving my kids to and fro, uh, when you're working out, when you're bicycling, painting your kitchen. I've also been doing that. Uh, you know, that type of stuff. That's when it's really – when you're doing those sort of mindless tasks, That's it's awesome. Uh, so if you go to Swoops World, uh, audible.com, swoopsworld forward slash – Audible trial. Audible trial.com forward slash swoopsworld.com. Uh, you will – if you sign up, your first book is free. And if you do that, as we always recommend, pick a long book. Pick a really long book. Yeah, absolutely. Get your dollars worth. Yeah. And uh, if you do that, Soup's World will earn a few more pennies. Help us out. There you go. DraftKings, man. All right. Well, if you're into fantasy sports, you need to try the newfangled way that's getting done, and that is by going to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings. DraftKings is fantasy sports for the short-term-minded folks out there. I'm talking to you, you uh, Wall Street folks. You guys that want to day trade, do it fantasy sports style at DraftKings because all you long-term folks, you're probably going to lose anyway. So might as well just ditch it after a week and play again. And if you join via our Swoops World link, that's swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings, you get a free entry into a big money giveaway because DraftKings doesn't just play for digital trophies and badges and all that nonsense. They play for cold, hard, not actual cash, but real money still. It's not made of paper, but it will go into your bank account. So there check it out. Nice. For all your fitness needs, go see our good friend Jack Nunn over at Rollworks Fitness, where I was yesterday, as a matter of fact. And had Jack, uh, he kicked our ass in class, man. But uh, <laughs> for all your, if he's got indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, and much, much more. Located at 5750. Boathouse Lane here in the city of Long Beach, or you can go to www.rowworks, R-O-W-O-R-X.com. You can give them a call at 562-688-1716. Let them know that Swoops World sent you. Your first visit is free. Yeah, I went uh, went in there yesterday. Jack can row and talk and tell stories <laughs> and not get winded while the rest of us are sucking all the oxygen in the room. And it's a beautiful place to row because you 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 know you're right there at the boathouse. You can see the uh, Marine Stadium, Marine Stadium, all Marine Stadium, and you know the the sun was in a cool place. You know, and it wasn't. It was a little humid inside yesterday, but uh, it's nice, man. We uh, and I mean just the warm up. He does a he does a about a twenty minute warm up. And then uh, we stretch, and then we get into the actual workout. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool, so check that out. For all, you know, all, all everything you want to do in your fitness thing, check them out. And, uh, hey, if you want to learn how to grow fruits and vegetables 20 at a time and using a, only 10% of the water that you do traditionally, check out gardentower.co, and you'll learn all about that. Uh, easy convenient way to, to grow your fruits and vegetables and save water in these drought conditions. There's a drought? Yeah, so we're told, man. I know, it rained, it rained last week. So, you know, drought's over. Here in California, <laughs> a couple drops of rain, we go, hey, drought's over. <laughs> All good. Speaking of that, man, we had that power outage last week, and you Holy had the pleasure cow. of uh, being stuck in it, huh? Yeah, man. I was coming home from work last Wednesday, which is the first day on the new J-O-B, <laughs> and I'm driving down the 710, and I decided to get off to skip the 405 because there was a sign on the 710 saying there was too much traffic 
on the 405 because of an accident on like Seal Beach or something. He said it was back way up. And I said, screw it. I'll just go down to Broadway and go through town. So I'm calling Swoop. I'm on the on the Bluetooth calling Swoop to let him know, hey, dude, I'm not making it to the show tonight, man. It's just not going to happen. And as I'm on the phone with him, I get off on Broadway and I roll up to the first stoplight and it's just dark. Like the, the, I mean, the sun's still out at this point in the day, but the stoplight, there's no green, no yellow, no red. I'm like, and he's listening to me on the phone. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> is this light red? Is it green? I, I don't even know. And he's like, oh, yeah, man. It's, Half of Long Beach has no power. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> Subsequently spent the next half hour fighting through downtown where every intersection was a four-way stop. Mm-hmm. Where people don't know how to use a four-way stop. Right. And pedestrians were running across six lanes of Ocean Boulevard. and oh. I mean, it was it was comical, but I really thought, like, I'm going to get T-boned by some crazy asshole. Like, You're looking for minute. zombies, weren't you? <laughs> I'm doing it as correctly as I can, but none of these assholes have the slightest idea what's going on. And someone's going to get killed as a result. Well, and did you hear, at some point, they, they had, like, exploding manholes? Yeah, I saw had, pictures yeah. of it. Yeah, it man, and crazy, apparently right? that shit was all going down, like, while I was driving right through the belly of it. And one, I of, heard about that part one of the exploding manholes, I saw the, a picture of it. It is actually blowing up in a green lane, which is the bike lane that I ride down. The, oh, by the Cheryl, the bike wow. down uh, going that direction. It's third, right? Yeah. 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 And, I, and I rode down there a couple days later, right? I'm thinking, uh, I think, because they said some of those power come back on. So I'm going for a ride, and I, I go down there, and I get down to third and about Magnolia. And... I realized that the last two lights I went through, I knew it as I went through them, they were on generators. But I figured, oh, so they got everything on generators now. <laughs> all's all good, right? And then I get up to about 3rd Magnolia. There's, not even to 3rd Magnolia, the street before Magnolia. Crime scene tape. And there's like 50 news trucks. And oh, no. the, the Edison people are out there. And I'm like, ah. Oh. All right, I'll go around this way. Oh, you know what? I'll stop at Starbucks and get a cup of coffee and then double back. So I... Did all this weird crap to get around to the Starbucks, and then there's a note at the door. We're still closed due to the. <laughs> 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 so I headed back to our end of town. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Where at least we had power. Yeah. <laughs> then I ran into a friend of mine at the gym a few days later. Actually, uh, guy's been on the show. Uh, Raymond uh, did the. Uh, Raymond Jacobs did the. Yep. Baroque. Baroque mm-hmm. uh, thing uh Gethesme, uh you know that audio uh, book and uh he was telling me he the um lives on the fifth floor at his uh apartment complex uh-huh. and you know power's out so it's, it's it's you know now now his apartment just became a fifth a fifth floor walk up yep with no with no power so it's a dark walk up <laughs> Up and down, uh, you know, it was like that for for them for like four days. Wow, Dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was seeing how, uh, how much. Hello. Oh, hey, Talk man, story radio. Going on here. Hang on, hang on. Stop. So uh, yeah, it uh, it was really a struggle for a lot of those people down there, man. So that yeah, I I can only ugh. only imagine power without power for a day is shitty already. <laughs> right? Three four days, you're talking like. Food in the fridge is already gone. Bro. Gone. Hot showers or cold showers, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all done, man. Yeah. It's all done. Not to mention, how do I charge my smartphone? <laughs> Wait, Starbucks has those new chargers? No! 
closed. Our house is closed. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, it was crazy, and I think they finally got it all back on. Finally, finally, it took several days, but uh, lucky didn't affect us, man. Yep. Let's uh, let's get uh, let's take a real quick short one and then call AD. What do you say? Sounds like you a plan. are listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Star Radio Network, and you know what? We're gonna play one by a band we spoke about a little bit ago. One of Peter's favorites. This is Channel Three, and this is Blue Christmas. <laughs>
have reached the Kojimas at 949-6. Try this again. Yeah, we're just getting like it's. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Let me, let me close this one thing here. That might that might help. Because we're getting it, we're just getting that breaking up, and I can't handle it. It's static, it's killing me. Close this window. It won't close. Oh, there we go. All right. Let's try this call again here. That's a different one. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Let's see. Da, 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 da. Let's try this again here. Hashtag no dead air. <laughs> it's still cutting out though. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh. Let's try this again. One more time, man. One more time. All right, man. Do, do, do. We're so musically inclined here on Swoosh World. We can have another little Swoosh World singing song. <laughs> <laughs> we the lyrics to a song. Uh, there we go. Let's try this again. Do it again, man. Do your Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> here, let me see your drink. In the jello pudding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Coke a smile. That's some quaaludes. <laughs> 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 She's on his ass, man. She's got him now. Oh, yeah. Evening. Mm-hmm. All right. We want to welcome to the show the great five time national champion, two time All American, our USC in football and baseball, played in the NFL, the CFL, and the World Football League, Anthony Davis to the show. How you doing, brother? Doing fine. Always a good chance to have a chance to chat with you. And we're going to jump right into it, man. You've been. Very vocal and uh, very up front and on top of this whole thing with uh, treatment for uh, brain injuries. And you've, uh, you've teamed up with Dr. Amen. Uh, you've uh, suggested uh, hyperbaric chamber and certain supplements and whatnot. And today uh, I heard a report. All the news is about Joe Namath has been teamed up uh, with some uh, people over at a, uh, a medical center in Jupiter, Florida, where he's been uh, doing the hyperbaric chamber. He's done 121 hour sessions, and he's been very vocal about it. He's got uh, over 100 uh, people or former players or whatnot involved in it, and uh, they're talking about this. There's getting a lot of a uh, lot of backlash on it from uh, other doctors that say it doesn't work. They, I heard an interview with somebody from the uh, Veterans Administration, I believe, said they've done hyperbaric chamber on brain injuries on soldiers returning with uh, post traumatic. Uh, stress as well as uh, you know head injuries, and they say it doesn't work. Uh, I don't hear Joe talking about the supplement program that you talk about, but he's just talking strictly about the hyperbaric chamber. I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but uh, based on what I just told you, what are your thoughts? 
well, here's the deal. You know, it's a, it's a combination of everything. Exercise, hyperbaric chamber, and a, and a comprehensive supplement program. That's how I make it work. You know, you might get a little, you, 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 you'll, get some, you'll get some results with the hyperbaric chamber, but that's just not all of it. So I advocate, along with Dr. Amen, is, is the supplement program, the hyperbaric chamber, and, and exercise and diet. So, you see, it's those four fronts that makes it happen. It does help, but you got to have all other elements of that process doing it. And I do that all the time. You see? Yeah. And so, you know, it's good that Joe's doing that. I'm glad he's an advocate for it because I am. You talk about it in my book. As you know, I did a, I did a movie with Will Smith, small role, uh, of a Dr. Bennett O'Malley who, who talked about the CTE enzyme. And uh, it worked, but it, you got to have the combination. And that's what I did. Right. Well, it's interesting because um, the, with, with a couple things. The, I heard the doctor, his name is the Dr. Fox, I believe, uh, speaking, or, or one of the people from the clinic. Uh, and I guess Joe donated a whole bunch of money to the to the clinic, so they named a wing uh, the the, the neuro, neuro, neurological section for this testing, the Namath Center or something along those lines. But the doctor was talking about, see, he says, you know, we use hyperbaric chambers for a lot of injuries, uh, you know, burns and stuff like that. And he says, you know, the the, the brain is the brain you know, a damaged brain is an injured brain, and, and he thinks he believes that the oxygen, you know. Will really benefit from it, but then you know, as with any news story, they bring in a bunch of uh, other doctors who poo-poo it. Uh, not that they've ever, you know. Well, one doctor says they, they tried it with uh, at the VA with uh, you know veterans and stuff, but a lot of doctors just say, well, it hasn't been proven or it's been uh, tried and proved uh, ineffective. Uh, you know, you're somebody who actually you know walk and live in proof that uh, you have benefited from it. What would you say if you could sit down and talk to some of these some of these other uh, naysayers? Well, I would tell them you know you need to collaborate with all the doctors who believe in it, and it's a and it's a combination. You know, you rehab, but not only can you rehab your brain, you're pretty rehabbing your whole body. You, so that's so. We lost you. You hear me? No. Are you ready, D? We lost you. So, there you go. We'll, we'll call you back. We're gonna call you back. Wow. Um, yeah, we we just lost him. He's on the road, so he's probably going through a bad area there. And uh, we're gonna give him a call back in just a second here, because uh, this is you know it's interesting. Did you, Kimana? Did you ever have a chance to hear hear this? It was. Uh, about Joe yeah. Yeah. There you are, man. Yeah, well, you know, the night I'm just been on the on the cell phone. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the hyperbaric chamber is very is very key. The diet's very key. The supplements are very key, and the working out is very key. Right. You know, and you can't you can't put things in your body. You can't put alcohol in your body. You can't smoke. It depletes the process. The, the problem a lot of people don't because a lot of guys still have their bad habits and that's why people don't seem to think it works. You can't put nicotine in your body. You can't put alcohol in your body. You know, so that's, I don't do any of that. You know, you can't put too much sugar in your body when you have these substances in your body. So it's a total package. 
And that's how I would advocate the total package. Yeah. And that's what Eamon talks about all the time, too. Why do you think there is... Uh... I don't know why there's so much skepticism out there about this program. Right. Doing something better than nothing. Well, that's that's the thing. I think that's part of the thing that uh, Namath said. He says, you know, he said, you know, we don't always agree on, on things. He says, I can tell you what. He says, I can tell you that, you know, the time over the time that I spent in this, I can see an improvement in myself. And that's all that really matters to him is that, that he he knows it, it has benefited him. Uh, and I always find it interesting, uh, especially with the medical field. N- they're so set in their ways, and they don't want to, uh, you know, want to look at any Eastern medicine. They don't want to look at, you know, any uh, any other ways of doing things other than the ways they've always done things. And and, and I don't know if it's because, uh, you know, a lot of people say they're beholden to the pharmaceutical companies, and they want you to, you know, stick to that, you know, that same method and, uh, and take these same prescriptions and all this kind of stuff. And don't want to ever look outside the box. And and, uh, and you find doctors who are willing to do so. And you wonder how many of those doctors are going to continue to be willing to, to, to do so when they get so much pushback from their peers. Well, put it this way. Based on Dr. Amon's study, Daniel Amon and the Bennett O'Malo, who Will Smith portrayed in the movie called Concussion, those two individuals who I'm very familiar with, it's proven that their research and their study and what they do it helps the situation with brain traumatic injury. So does football players, soccer players, hockey players, boxers, MMA, all of the stuff and the substance abuse, you know, the cocaine brain, the marijuana brain, you know, uh, the chemo brain. So, I mean, all of that is damaging, and what they do is trying to repair the brain. The brain can't be repaired. Now, if you're going to try to give them some, some medications, or, it doesn't work. I mean, if you can have a combination of all of that, these medical practitioners should need to get together and consult and combine their research to come up with a solution. Now, I believe some of the pharmaceutical stuff they have out there can work with some of the stuff, but it has to be a, a scientific blend, and everybody's different. Right. It works for me. If Joe says it works for him, and I know a lot of guys it works for especially guys who had these traumatic brain injuries. And trust me, you know, playing football, that's dramatic. Right. So, you know, if people are going to try to discredit that, they're insane because it does work. It's, and I'm the living proof of it. Do you think that the 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 NFL will ever embrace um, something like this? Well, they have no choice to because, as you know, uh, if you look at youth football, it's down 7% now since all this stuff has come out. Well, they're going to embrace it because it's a serious issue. There's no joke. I mean, you know, you look you look at certain guys, and you know, I'm not mentioning names, one guy that I think today pretty much so he can't play football and we had 11 concussions. I mean, come on. How do you, how do you function with that? So it's a serious thing. Regardless if the NFL wants to address it, the public has already addressed it, and everybody knows this is a serious issue. And then when this movie comes out, it's, it's based on a true story. It's really going to wake people up. We, uh, we, we, you know, we, we, we talk about. You know, we've talked about the NFL. We've talked about the Players Association, and you know, we, you've even discussed the fact that you know some of these guys, you know, they should have a plan, a plan, 
on the table so the, these players can get lifetime medical for injuries that, you know, or, or, or to, to treat things like this later on in the years. And you're right, you know, you got the movie coming out. Uh, you, you got uh, a lot of talk on this, and now Namath's talking about it. I think, you know, uh, what you're going to have to see is is because of all the all the, the, the talk, all the publicity it's getting, you talk about the youth football being down in numbers and stuff like that, that they're going to have to step to the plate and make some adjustments. I mean, the, the, the NFL is, is a, you know, the, I don't know, of all the U.S. sports, aren't they the, the, the most profitable one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So they, they seems like they should be able to come out and step to the plate and, and take care of some things like that. they got to deal with the issue, especially even today. I mean, you know, you got guys playing the league now who've had concussions. I mean, it's, it's not a game that goes by that somebody doesn't have a concussion. I mean, every time you have make a collision, there's trauma. That's trauma. Even though you're still playing, that's still trauma. And every little hit adds up. Some have traumatic shots, some don't. But there's always a collision. When you hit the ground, it's a collision. But the NFL has to address this. And I think, basically, this will come to a time where they're going to put a limit on how long guys play. <laughs> I mean, you know, based on it, if they start scanning the guy's head every year and they find that it's a sufficient enough damage in there and the NFL doesn't want the risk, they've got to come to some kind of conclusion whether or not to risk the liability of this guy coming back at him and so on you know, it's interesting you mentioned that's it. A, that, is, that is just reality of what's going on now. Yeah. Hey, AD, I have a question here. Um, so you, you're going through this this process. I'm wondering, ha, has anybody thought about the idea that if you were going, if if you could have done this process as you were a player, would that have helped? Would that have been beneficial? A, a beneficial process? Absolutely. Matter of fact, Doc, Doctor Amen believes. That if you're gonna get, if you're gonna have brain trauma in pro football or any kind of collision sport, at least you should be on a comprehensive supplement program and go through the hyperbaric and all that kind of stuff. You're already exercising. You know they already take care of other things like your legs, your knees, your joints. You might as well take care of the head because you don't have the head, you're not doing anything anyway. Right. So if you're gonna get your head pounded in every weekend, you should be on a supplement program and dealing with that hyperbaric chamber. That makes sense. Because they don't have anything now. All they got is all they have is concussion protocol, where they observe and see what if you pass all the concussion tests. Well, hey, you'll come back the next week or the next two weeks. You can have another one. So we believe, she should, and I and I endorse it that they should have this program implemented every thirty-two team, and every team should have two or three hyperbaric chambers on on premise for these guys in a supplement program. That's what they need. And, and prepare them for the for the days when they're not playing football. So it'll be an extra thing, and you're already on the program. What's interesting what is, is what's interesting is you know I was listening to Namath being, being interviewed, and, and he says, and, and as you know, it's always going to be more than you more than you realize. He says he he knows for a fact he had five severe hits to the head, and and he and you know and they showed a picture of one where I think it was Ted Hendrickson pretty much. Took his helmet off and they went head to head, um, but and so you know if, if you can remember five specific ones, you know it's got to be at least twice that many. Absolutely, the absolutely you know name it Gibson. I know about Joe. I've called Joe. Uh, uh, I've discussed it with with Doctor Aim, and he's absolutely right. And, and 
Lord knows I've taken a lot of shots. And the longer you play, the more the trauma. Right. It's just common sense. I mean, it's great you can have this long, lustrous career in the NFL nine, ten years, but well, how many of those hits you take in the head nine, ten years? And look at Junior Seau. This man played 19 years. Nobody can play 19 years without coming out and not being unscathed. You know what I think? I think I think what a lot of the issue is, you know, just kind of looking at things from the other side of the coin. They're going to say, well, a lot of these guys are, are you know, one of the things they say is, you know, they start find, finding themselves being forgetful about things and stuff like that. And they're going to say, well, that comes along with age, you know, that comes along with, you know, the the, the truck driver has the same the same issues. And, and I know we know that the 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 the, the, the pounding to the head that the, the, these players take is is, is severe. We we, you know, we understand that. But that's what you hear a lot. You hear like this. You know, they'll hear say, "Well, the guy says he's starting to forget his keys," and uh, you know, I forget my keys. You know, everybody. You know, you get to a certain age, you, you forget things, and, and this, that, this, that, and the other. And I, and I think that is the kind of the pushback that they get. And I think that's it. Kind of belittles what these, what these, what you guys have gone through. Let me say. Let me, let me say this to you. When you got young guys that can walk in, be in a room with you. And the next one, the next room, that's serious. These guys are in their 30s and 40s. And yet, yeah, part is the process, but I'm telling you, it escalates more when you've had, when you've had brain tra- trauma. Right. When you've had brain trauma, it escalates even more. And when you get older, the worse it gets because it catches up with you. It's like any organ. If you drink too much, if you take too much cocaine, if you smoke too much weed, it's going to affect your organs. That's why you're here about, oh, the guy had a severe heart attack. Well, you should have thought about that 30 years ago and you were abusing drugs. Because that's what happens. It catches up with you. Same thing with the head collision and the trauma. It catches up with you. So, you know, yeah, everybody, it's all part of aging. But tell you what, it, it, I, I would look at a 65-year-old man that didn't play football and a 65-year-old man who did play football, and I guarantee you, there's more trauma and brain loss and brain memory in the 65-year-old who played football. That's just a fact. Right. Anybody can wish what whom I back and forth and, and try to deny that, but that's the fact. Do that's you, like a boxer. If you look at a guy that boxed plate was a professional boxer versus what it didn't do it, who's going to have more of the problems? Oh, man, I knew a 17-year-old punch drunk. I don't know if these guys, some of these guys, and some guys call this voodoo medicine. It's not voodoo medicine. It's a lot of long story scientists and researching this stuff. You know, I, I, I take a comprehensive supplement program, and I do and I just take a thing, and I hope it gets better. And it, it, it and it should be implemented in all contact sports. Don't you think that these doctors, like Dr. Amen and this Dr. Fox, and uh, like you said, the, uh, the 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 other guy, I forget his name. I can't pronounce his name. Um, that Will Smith played, and then there's the uh, the, the Dr. Bennett Omalu. Omalu, and then there's the uh, the woman uh, doctor who who's done who's done a lot of research on brain injuries too. Don't you think that maybe they should they should combine their efforts? Uh, you know, because they're all, you know, I know they're they're all fighting for the same cause, but they're all kind of doing their own thing. And I think maybe if they combine their efforts and, and create some type of coalition, uh, maybe maybe some t- changes can be made. Well, I think, you know, I know they've been trying to co- co- uh, get together and stuff, but I, I think the NFL is going to be the key. 
I think the NFL, the NHL, and all these MMA fighters, all this kind of stuff, all these collision sports, they need to collaborate together, period. And I don't know why the NFL doesn't do, uh, uh, gather Amons and Omalo together and discuss this even more so. Okay, so I don't get it. I'll never, I won't get it, but I believe that down the road, when you start having more of these problems with the brain injury, they're going to do something. Another another thing that I find is is you'll hear you'll hear you'll hear stories and then you'll see what the the powers that be are going to deem what needs to be done and then they find out that they're wrong in, in their in their uh, assumption and what I'm speaking of I saw a, a, a story a couple days ago where they were talking about concussions and uh, youth female youth soccer games and so then there was all this talk by the people who discovered this that they should uh, eliminate eliminate headers and then and the, and the leagues that were getting together were talking about we're going to eliminate headers we're going to eliminate headers we're going to eliminate you know using the head for the, and then the doctors who did the the study said it's not the heading of the ball that's causing the concussions it's the head-to-head hits uh that these girls are taking at lots of times in the in the process of trying to do the do the header where they missed the ball and they hit head-to-head but more, you know, but that's the you know the genesis of it, and it's and it's not always done during the headers. And the story I saw was the doctor who was speaking on behalf says you don't need to eliminate the headers. You need to teach these kids how to, you know, how to be more accurate and how to, you know, kind of not get their heads in a situation where they're doing a lot of head-to-head hitting. Well, I totally agree with that. I mean, because when you go up in the air and you can try to you're trying to touch judge a ball and hit it with the head. Well, you know, they haven't perfected that because I've seen those collisions. They, matter of fact, they need to end that. And, and if they're going to do stuff like that, you might have to put a helmet on your head, period. You know, because that's what's going to happen. Because they can't judge how close they are to the head. They can't judge where that ball is. they got a vicinity where the ball is. Because every time that a ball hits one of those guys' head, a girl's head, it's not exactly going into that into the net. So I would eliminate that, period. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's one of these, this is, you know, this is one of these, these subjects that, you know, we, you know, we, we just, you know, we've discussed here quite a few times and, and I, and I, I'm trying to see when, when we're going to see some change and what, what's going to be, you know, what the positive change is going to be. And, you know, when we, when we start talking about, you know, other sports, it's, it's one thing, but I think the NFL is in a position to do something immediately. I mean, like I said, they're so profitable. You think they'd want to? You think they want to um, protect? And they always talk about protecting the brand. You know, realistically, their players are, are merchandise. You know, you think they want to protect their merchandise? I know that sounds kind of shitty, but that's bottom line in, in this business is because these guys are they're expendable. And that's the problem. Is the problem is is they're expendable because if a guy if a guy goes out hurt, they, there's somebody to take his place. They're expendable. It's hypocritical. You have to protect your players because your players are the brand. If you don't protect the brand, your product is going to go down. So, 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 so if they, if they don't want to embrace it, that'll eat into their profits. And look here, they're the, they're the richest sports company in the world, the National Football League. They made $12, $13 billion last year. 13 would a B. <laughs> okay, and you can't tell me they can't come up with a comprehensive 
supplement program and a program to address this issue. We're talking to all the doctors in the country, especially people like Dr. Amen, Omalo, and whoever, and the other people involved who's addressing these issues. They can't do that. Well, if they don't do it, it's going to be some. It's going to be some tragedies that go around where they'll end up doing it. That's what. That's my prediction. I could be totally wrong. You you it's would think so. Away. You would think it's so. Not going away. It it seems like it, it seems to me that the NFL spends more time changing changing rules that mean nothing, uh, and, and not and not addressing uh, the, the long term effects of, of things that happen that happen to people. Well, their customers don't demand that they make any long term effectual changes. I mean, you're talking about the customer base, the fan base of the NFL are the same people that send people to war and then let them come home and beg for money on the sidewalk. I mean, we, we give them shitty medical care after they go fight for the country. Why are we going to do anything different for someone who smacks heads, you know, and makes a couple million bucks while they do it? I, it's, well, it's yeah, the yeah, NFL yeah, is yeah. doing exactly what their customers demand of them, which is That's my point, though, is, is, yeah. is, is, is that they, they have to take it upon themselves to say, listen, we, 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 we want people to continue to play our sport. We want people to continue to come through the turnstiles, right? Because, you know, the, the fans want to see guys go out there and, and, and knock each other down and, and make these great plays and do all this great stuff. The players enjoy doing that, which they, they get more power to them because that's, you know, that's, they have that talent. But when you start talking about long-term effects, when you talk about lifetime medical and stuff like that, and I get your point. We don't. They don't. You, you, we've seen what happens at the VA. We've we've had people on the show here that have been affected by with the lack of the support that they get from the VA after serving their country. Um, but when you're talking about a, basically a, a a corporation that has, they should they have the money to do it. They have the money to take care of that. They have the the means to do that as well as the government. I understand, <laughs> but they should jump right on that. They should just sure. do it because they still want people to come through the, to come in and, and play the game and play the sport and, and keep generating their, their long-term income. Well, first of all, you, you, you know, I agree with that. Look, we live in a culture in a society where the, our public loves the modern day gladiator. They like those collisions. Okay. Well, if you don't like the collision, you need to endorse it, put the pressure on the league, and you need to help these guys out. You don't have need to help these guys that are struggle after their days of football, who who get who have substance problems, drinking problems, who are on the street. Some guys can't make the make make ends meet. Same thing like you just suggest with the soldiers. Let me tell you, that's one of the biggest tragedies in our country. Here you got soldiers go defend our country, defend our rights and our civil rights, and they come back over here and they can't they can't be helped. Well, Those are the first guys they need to help. They're the first. And, all and of I don't hear anybody say, I mean, we've got, a, we've got a whole society of people that can't think critically about anything to begin with and can't connect dots to long-term, <laughs> long-term consequences of anything. I mean, we've got a bunch of people who have, you know, they're instant gratification-based. We can't pay attention to a news story for more than two days before we move on to the next cause, you know. 140 characters I mean, or less, buddy. It, it, it's <laughs> the attention span, the collective attention span of the American public is so pathetic that it's amazing that we can have any conversation about long-term effects on just about anything, realistically. That's what the flight gate was all about. Well, yeah. well, 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 hello. Well, hello. Welcome to the age of the Internet. Yeah, man. If they want to find something out, they go to the Internet, then after they get up here, they forget. 
You know, I actually, uh, I, you know, you, you, what you just mentioned, T-Bone, is actually the same thing that uh, Colin Cowherd was talking about the other day. And he basically said, you know, we're in a situation where a new cycle, at best, two days. Yeah. You know, at best. You know, it's, it's, it, we get all worked up and, uh, you know, excited about, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, you know, identify herself as a black woman. And then it's, it makes the news 24 hours for about, you know, for two days, and then it kind of goes away, and we're on to the next thing. And that's why a lot, of, like you said, a lot of lack of critical thinking. A lot of things are. Oh, don't I'm get still keeping my, profi- my profile picture green for the Iranian uh, <laughs> revolution a couple years ago, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on, people. Yeah. I hear you. Bro. I feel you, Ad. I mean, I don't feel you because my brain hasn't been smashed nearly as much as yours. I think he's actually trying to fill you, though, AD. I, I'm really trying. Yeah, and well, I just well, think that well, people, I understand your T bone. You worry about that meat off that bone. You don't worry about <laughs> Hey, but you know, you know the solution to this whole this whole concussion thing. The only thing, the only thing you put in your brain is a one sauce, brother. <laughs> I mean, the whole solution to this concussion thing is flag football. <laughs> That's what the NFL has to do. That solves all the problems. If I'm going to watch flag football, it's going to be the laundry room. <laughs> yeah. AD, brother, hey, as always, it's good to chat with you, man, and, and, and talk about something deeper than the shit that we normally hear on the, on a lot of these talk shows. And, uh, it, and, and this is a subject I know is near and dear to you. You got your book out, you know, Concussion, uh, The Notre Dame Killer. How does, what's the title of it, man? I'm, I'm, I'm tired tonight, man. Kick off concussion. <laughs> there you go. Kick off concussion. People go buy that book. It's an interesting read. And uh, and also in, in six months, I had a little small role in the movie Concussion with Will Smith. So it's going to be a collaborative information that people need to read and see. You know, I, I really advise you to go read that book. Absolutely. And you can find that book on the front page of swoopsworld.com, also on Amazon.com, as well as Hulu. Hey, AD, thanks a lot, brother, and we will be chatting with you again soon, brother. Take care. Thank you. You too. Catch you next time, AD. You listen to Swoop Strong on the Talk Show Radio Network. <laughs> thanks, Peter. Sorry. And uh, we will be back. Uh, let's see who we got. Who we got keyed up here? Uh, Art Zavala Jr., Drowning with the Sound. Back after this.
gonna do Hi, this is Sugarland here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. Music is one of the most important things in our lives, but nothing is more important than life itself. Music lives, and so should you. Please plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. I'm Joey. I'm Robert. I'm Dennis. And I'm Ellen. And we're It's Okay! And you're listening to Swoon's World! Sunshine came out today, and it's shining all over the world, shining all over the world. The sunshine came out today, and it's shining all over the world, on every man, woman, boy, and girl. And it sure feels fine when the sunshine shines, it warms your skin. And your soul within And the birds sing Do, do, do Do, 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 do Do, do, do Do, 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 do Do, do, do Do, 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 do The poor man and the millionaire Both sharing the oak tree shade Not stressing over money made The preacher and the atheist both jumping in the ocean waves Today they both feel safe And it sure feels fine When the sunshine shines It warms your skin And your soul within And the birds sing Sunshine will shine again. 
Shine all over the world Shine all over the world One day The sunshine will shine again Shine all over the world On every man, woman, boy and girl And it sure feels fine When the sunshine shines It warms your skin And your soul within Welcome back to Swoops, we're on the Talk Show Radio Network, and uh, is that a story you want to tell? Or? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just too much backstory to go. Yeah. <laughs> we are about time for a little T-Bone's time out. Are you ready for your intro, or uh, what do you say, man? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, we didn't have it last week, and we didn't even attempt to do it last week. <laughs> nope. No. I just said no thanks. We're We're done. Good night, all. Oh, uh, you know that sound? <laughs> It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout, or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout. Oh my goodness! My goodness! <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, yesterday, had a, a, a chance crossing with Peter. Over uh, in the neighborhood of right. the old studio. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been a while. I haven't been. I wasn't here last week, and this entire last week, I've just been sweating balls. Mm. Like it, you know, this humidity that we have right now. Sleeping, I'm, eating, driving, tall, sweating. You know, yeah. I think normally my air conditioner in my truck is just maxed out all <laughs> the time. Air conditioner in the bedroom maxed out all the time. Normally, we have the weather that people are envious of. Right now. Not I, so much right now. I feel like I live on fucking Lake Hero. <laughs> oh, today's a huge improvement, and it still sucks. Yeah. But you hear people walking around going, oh, my God, this is why I left Georgia. Oh, my yeah, God, this yeah. is why I left such and such. You know, just like this nonstop. I, 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 I didn't get this one lady's phrase, but his, she actually said, this is exactly why I left Hawaii. And I'm going, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> there are things, legitimate things to complain about, I think, living in Hawaii. They're few and far between. Yes, indeed. I don't think the weather's really one of them. No, I mean, not so much. Yeah, it's still a lot better than... Christmas Unless you're bothered by hurricanes. Because they do get the occasional hurricane. But well, we didn't have a hurricane, so I don't know yeah. why she was... Yeah. You know, bitching that because we didn't have a hurricane. The reason it's referred to as paradise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're a close second out here, but you know. And then you can always, you know, hear that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Bum them down. Oh, man. I do need some new Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> hey. I really do. 
Uh, don't get them from Hilo Hatties because uh, <laughs> they're flammable. <laughs> I, uh, I have my one trip to Hilo Hatties for life. I'm good. I've got enough shell. That's all you need. Got enough shell necklaces to last into the next one. Well, one trip to Hilo Hatties and a couple trips to the ABC Market. You're good. You're set. <laughs> so you know we're sweating it out out here, and it's not even been that hot. Today was warm, but it was not as humid. Well, and the humidity really dropped. It's still bad, but compared to what we had, it's, it's not. You know, it's almost tolerable. Or whatever yeah. it was the last few days. Hell, it was like, oh, it's raining. No, I don't even care. Even well, my problem was at some point it's like is a steam just shower. yeah. That was my problem. Is is some point the I'd like open the door because it was coming down torrential. And I'm like, wow. I opened the door expecting it to be cold because whatever. Steam coming up. Off yeah, the, and off and, the and that was the moment where, and I, I rarely say this where I felt like it was back in D.C. because that's exactly what D.C. was like. You'd walk out. You'd see it was all gray. You'd swear that you're going to walk out into this cold, and it would just be humidity, and just it would hit you and buff it against you. You'd be like, oh, my God, I just got... And we did have some of that, uh, which we don't get. So that's why we're bitching, because we don't get it very yeah. often. All, so all of we're going to bitch... Pretty much anywhere else on the planet. Yeah, yeah. This is probably normal. We are spoiled as shit here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are listening like, yeah, you guys are pussies. And yeah, we are. True enough. I mean, hey, <laughs> I will own it, man. I am born and raised in SoCal, and all you people that have weather, I don't know how you do it. Yep. Because once you've lived here for a while, it makes you not want to leave. <laughs> Give me a good reason, right? <laughs> That's why 30 million people live in California. And flock here, <laughs> and flock here every week. <laughs> so, you know, there's it's it's a slow time of year for sports. Um, really? Hadn't noticed. All the things that are happening right now are rather inconsequential. We did have the Home Run Derby take place, which I didn't even get to watch. Uh, but I heard some people hit the ball over the fence. Uh, we had the All-Star Game, the baseball, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, for those of you wondering what I'm talking about. Uh, that took place in Cincinnati this last week. And next year, San Diego, right? Next year, 2016, the All-Star Game will be in San Diego. And I think I would like to make the trip down for either the Derby or, if they still do it, the, uh, the Old Timers Game. You know, that stuff is cool. When I was a kid... The last time the All-Star Game was in San Diego, back in, like, 93, mm. my dad took my brothers and I down for the Home Run Derby and the the uh, the uh, old old guys game. Uh-huh. I got to see Juan Marichal strike, Juan, strike out uh, a whole bunch of guys, except Reggie Jackson went yard off of him. Reggie Jackson's a beast, man. Yeah, so I actually got to see Reggie Jackson, who was already retired at this point go deep off of a guy who was way retired at this point. Yeah, right. Um, that was pretty freaking cool. I told you I saw already hit two game-winning home runs. Oh, man. It was a, it was a double-header. He hit the game-winning home run in the first game, the game-winning mm-hmm. home run in the second game. What man. a beast. Yeah. What a true beast. Guy swamped for defenses every freaking time, man. And one, year, one year he led, the, he led the league in home runs and strikeouts. <laughs> I, more than one year, <laughs> I think. Well, he's like number number what three or maybe even number one uh, all time strikeout leader. He's up there. He's, he's, the up to- there. he's definitely yeah. the top four of all time strikeout leaders. Yeah, but he also has over 
500 home runs. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. that puts him in also another elite I saw category. The, 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 I saw this on TV, but uh, and I didn't say it wasn't at the game. But I saw him one time. He, they, 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 he was playing for the A's still. Ball went deep to right field. He throws it, missing the cutoff man to, to the catcher. And nails a guy, nails a guy at, at home plate. It was, I mean, it was an amazing throw, just freaking amazing throw. I mean, the guy was, when by the time he got to the ball, the guy was had rounded second, was heading for third. By the time he picked it up and started to throw, the guy was rounding third and phew, tagged at the plate. Guys, he's an amazing ball player, man. Yeah, that is a thing of beauty. It didn't hop. That, I mean, he he got the ball. If it if it hopped, it up right in front of the catcher. I mean, it was it wasn't like it, you know. Mid, midway between first and, and home, right? Yeah, right. He's, it was just. A, I love that. You know, you say what you want about baseball, but there, there are moments. You know, we sure. talked. We talked about the Gibson thing. There's moments. There's there are moments that you'll just never forget. And that, that's an amazing sport, man. Yeah, dude. When you think about the the raw processing power that some brains have to be able to crunch whatever it takes to grab a ball, turn without looking, and throw it 350 feet perfectly on target. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Some of the plays that we've seen shortstops make over the years are just amazing. These guys, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they just pick up. Machines. I mean, in midair, turn their bodies, twist, and like you say, yeah. and, just, and just fling it. And and the the hand eye coordination and the fast twitch muscles associated with baseball, I you know as much as I love football, I mean football is by far my favorite sport. But the hand eye coordination and the fast twitch muscles associated with baseball, bar none. And I think I can't think of any other sport because where baseball takes some of that uh, brute one on one dominance out of it to where a guy can really excel. At something like that, that you just never, I mean, there are guys who are small in the NFL who do incredible things, but um, the, the baseball has that way of showcasing such unique talents that yeah. you just, you know, you don't see in other sports, at least here. So, and the All-Star Game, generally speaking, should be a, an exhibit for that kind of stuff. Granted, I didn't get to watch it, so hey. You'll have to take someone else's word for it. But I hear the American <laughs> League won and gets home field advantage in the World Series um, because we're still doing that stupid thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that wrong. when we got a new commissioner, they'd get rid of that nonsense. You don't like that? You don't like that? Whoever wins the All Star Game thing uh, owns it. I love the. You think it should be alternate each year? I love the sentiment behind the All Star Game matters, but it really doesn't. But it does. <laughs> and to put the highest stage in in the sport at the whim of what happens between a bunch of guys who are getting a, play, a paid vacation, yeah, I think is silly. It is. I and, love and that baseball still does the All-Star Game in the middle of the season. I love a lot of the pomp around the All-Star Game. You know, like we were just talking about the Home Run Derby. It's still a fun thing. They keep finding ways to tweak it here and there. And people love seeing people hit the ball a freaking mile. It's part of what draws people into the ballpark. and to get there. Nothing wrong with that. That's yeah, a fun thing. That's awesome. But putting artificial significance on a game that's already got plenty of artificial significance, it's... 
Well, and it demeans, and I, I know I've said this before on the show, it demeans the season is 162 Exactly. Games. <laughs> and the and idea that... The, the now, you know, 10 to 15 games of that, like if you have a margin of... Uh, if you're up 10 games on the, the American League team that wins, you should have home field advantage. Yeah. Those, you, you played all those damn games... It wasn't just well, part of, part if, of the, if in 162 games you ended up in first place, you deserve you deserve. But and you know in this in this way, I think it does a disservice to baseball. So, for instance, the American League does have home field advantage. If you're a team that's moving into and you're going to be going to the playoffs, and especially if you're a team that's not like a wild card team. Remember how there's been this sort of backlash about guy uh, teams that don't play their starters? The National League's got no good reason to. If you know that you're going to have home field advantage through the National League playoffs, there's no good reason to play your guys. If you've got a big lead, rest those guys. What? Because you're not going to get the home field advantage. So they, in that sense, they've sort of done themselves a disservice. And... It, it, yeah, I don't know. Why haven't they gone the route with is, is with the NBA and the, and the NFL? You know, even though the NFL has the, the AAFC and the NFC, the NBA used to have the ABA and the NBA. They were separate. They were separate, but they mm. joined, right? And they joined, and, yeah. and, and there's no differences in rules once they join. There's no differences in rules with the AFC and the NFC. So... You know, when it comes to championship games, it you know it doesn't come to some weird shit like a, a, a freaking all star game. When, when are they going to combine at least the rules of, of Major League Baseball? And then, like you said, although they they could do they could change this without that, but having the all star game be the deciding factor is a bunch of bull. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know whether whether they have, whether or not they combine and in, 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 you know combine the rules. Uh, I think I, I understand the, the the reason. Part of the reason there's a there's a discrepancy with some things, not the choice of how they play it, is because the, the, the pitchers in the in the uh, American League don't bat all year long, so then they got to bat during the World Series. And some of them turn out to be decent hitters, but far and few between. Yeah, most don't. Yeah. You know, and, and and they're already in that sense they're already at a disadvantage. So when are they going to kind of marry this shit up? Well, baseball. Been very, very good to you. The AL and the, <laughs> the American League and the National League are much more united than they were 15 years ago. For How so? Yeah. Well, it was probably about 15 years ago when they stopped having separate umpiring crews. The National League and the American League used to employ... Separate groups of umpires. Obviously, until, obviously, I haven't been paying attention. Up through, up they don't through, anymore. They don't anymore. No. No. Oh, Which don't. is why you don't see the old National League strike zone anymore, where anything, you know, anything above the waist was a ball. Let me tell you about the strike zone it's stuff. It's become man. a whole lot more watching, standard. I'm watching yeah. some of these games, and I'm thinking that is clearly outside, uh-huh. and they're calling them and, strikes. And but this is a sport that's resistant to change in a lot of ways because it's. It's clinging to a time when it was still the sport. 
you know, the kingpin sport in the country, which it hasn't been for quite some time. It hasn't been for 25, 34 yeah, years. But, like 35 years but there was a time when it was, and it still pines for those days in a lot of ways, which is why... There's a lot of shit I pine which for, Which is why baseball... Well, sure, but, you know, I mean, hey, when you stick your fingers in your ears and deny, 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 you're convinced still, you know, so... You're talking about other sports. Baseball has instant replay, for Christ's sake. Yeah. The way they do it is awful. But Horrible. The fact that they've done it to begin with is just incredible. Surprised the hell out of me when yeah. they finally, because yeah. that was just last, Every, last season of the first season, right? I think two years. Two, two years. Okay. So, yeah. and but, la- but last season was the first season where there is interleague play every single day of the baseball season. Because yeah, see, now we've got... 15 teams in each league. So there's I still go back to, I, I think interleague is a, is a bad idea. Yeah, I, think so. I, 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 think I don't mind the, uh, I, I think the replay is good. Not the way ha- they have it necessarily, but it's a good thing. There's certain times where you need that. Uh, but I still think interleague, uh, like that was one of the charms of the sport, was yeah. not yeah. having that until the playoffs. But, you know, balls and strikes. We yeah. have the lasers and the computers <laughs> and everything else to call balls and strikes Without having a person back there doing it at all. If you want to have people... I mean, it's harder for cameras and computers and lasers to call somebody out on a play at the plate. Yeah. That, that technology is probably... Yeah, but they ought to, use, they ought to use it on the strike zone like the tennis uses on the... On, cause that's, that, I'm telling you, I'm seeing some of these <laughs> these pitches and you're like... Yeah. That's a call third strike? That's but, totally out of the zone. But baseball has this art, for, art form where when you're the catcher... You can fool you can, that motherfucker. Well, that's right. You can, you can catch it out of here and bring it back in quick enough. And you've got the subtlety and the body movements down. That's why they do that same thing with the, with the tennis. And in tennis, they only get it three times a match. They can all like only call for a review. No, but here's the three thing. Times that a thing match. that they do in tennis pisses me off every time I see it. Because I'm like, you're not even showing me a video <laughs> of the ball hitting or not hitting the line. You're showing me like a, a, graphic. Poor, a poorly animated computer <laughs> reenactment. I mean, I might as well be watching Unsolved Mysteries. Hey, it's I like how like, Sure. But that's got some entertainment value. You're watching a yellow dot hit or miss. It looks a like white, a I mean, it looks like you're watching a game of Pong almost at that point. Pong, I, I, I'm not discounting Pong for its entertainment value, but I'm saying, why, not at, least, you. why not at least show the damn video of it, you know? I mean, it just seems silly to me. My point being. Okay, continue. That they only get three a match. And I think. If the baseball with the instant replay, I think you yeah, say give it a limit. Don't don't say you could do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Say you know it's a three hour game, nine innings. Say you could get three, three a game because some of those pitchers are way outside. And you're right, the catcher can fool. I, and some of those catchers are way better at it than other catchers. For yeah, certain, it's an art form. Yeah, it is an art form, man. But, uh, I used to make bad umpires look really bad when I played catcher. <laughs> it was too easy, and they were volunteering. <laughs> oh, those guys are getting paid, you know, like 20 bucks a game. You know, total horse crap. Uh, but, yeah, I made them look silly. And I, there are parts of that, that I like. I mean, you look at all these stadiums that have been built in the last 15 or 20 years in baseball. You're talking about, like, starting in Baltimore. You know, you got Camden Yards built out there in Baltimore. And all these other stadiums that have been built since then. You go to a baseball stadium in Japan. You know what the outfield fence looks like? It's 320 in left, 320 in center, 320 in, in right. You know why? Because Japanese engineers 
took a fucking string and they had one end of it stuck to home plate and they drew a quarter of a circle around the outfield and said the fence should be the same distance the whole way around on every field. I don't. And in American baseball, parts, Japanese love that though. Yeah, American <laughs> baseball precision, parts, man, they are all about that. You've got it's three twenty here and it's three sixty eight here, and then it comes into three forty five, and then it's out to four oh six, and then. Yeah, did you, you know, get a team that can? And what's that? What, is it, it Colorado where they've got the hill? That's in Houston. But they're okay, getting, they're getting rid of it. Oh. But, they should, but yeah. still, like it was See, very fucking entertaining. That being said, it's also one of the reasons he was alive. Was advocating for something a second ago. I don't like instant replay. I don't mind yeah, the, the human error. In, in, in I, yeah, I have no yeah. problem with that. Yeah, like I, to me, I liked where baseball started. Was we should instant replay all home runs because. Because cause the ball's high, and it, there's like, did it pass over or beyond the it's foul like field ball? Goals. Like field yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah. Like, to me, that's, that was right. cool. And, and there have been enough well-documented times when they fucked that call up. Yeah, and so I, I was cool with that. I personally don't like the way the... Uh, this current implementation. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, but, see, we like, strive. We strive so much. Has the ball in, left in the field? Sports. We should have. We should have. In all sports, that. we strive so much right now for perfection. I think some of the greatest stories. I, you know, you hear old guys, and then which I vastly becoming, talk about that game or this game, whatever. It and, and you hear the arguments, and it's it's based a lot of times. It's based on uh, maybe possibly human error, mm-hmm. the call by the referee or the you know, the umpire, or depending on what sports you're talking about, and. I kind of like that. Right. I, 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 mean, I, I kind of have, have to no admit that myself. I kind of like that, you know. And you know, did he did he, did he get did he pass the goal line? Did he, what, you know, were they offsides? Or did the guy do this or that? I kind of like that. And we strive so much for perfection, where it's actually taken a lot. And, and it, uh, we can all agree, no matter what sport, it takes the flow out of the game, right out of the game. Yeah. I mean, for it just really just stops the flow. And that's the that's the biggest problem I have with the way that baseball does replay is that not only does it takes an incredible amount of the mojo and the flow out of the game. It seems like they're in no hurry, and they're not even the ones making the decision. They're just picking up the headphones and listening right. to somebody. Well, no, even even before that, they have to wait a few number of moments where, like, the player's been told, okay, hey, take your time coming back to the dugout or, or getting – or you've been called out. Take your time before you leave second base because we might want to review this. So, like – even even before the umpires are like, hey, we're going to review this, it, the manager has to figure out, oh, yeah, I think I want this one reviewed. So it's like it, it's too many – like if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, my thinking is I'm against it. But if, if you are going to do it, then it should be like every fucking – like some guy in – in the booth should be going like, no, that was a bad call. Overturn it. Like, I, I, I hate same, this whole... That's why they do the same thing in football. You, you see, is he going to throw the red towel? Yeah, his, his guys, I hate his that. Guys I the booth. hate but that. College football has the best replay system of any of the, of the sports in America that have it. Because there is a guy who, that's his job. He's watching every single play. And as soon as the play ends, he watches it from three different angles while they're getting the next play going. And, you know... That's his job. That's how it should be. And he's the one in charge of it 95% of the time. You're not waiting on... Oh, and he's, throw, not throw, he's not making a red hanky. He's just saying, 
we need to have an instant replay of this. He's not no. making a decision whether it's right or No, in college, that's the only thing that is tricky for me is that he does make the decision. See that? Not only does he have the, the say of we're going to review it, it's I'm going to review yeah, it. Okay. So that, that, the, uh, there's less accountability on the part on of the, the guy field. who has a lot of sway over it. Yeah. But, but still, that's a smarter, that's a smarter thing, I, mean, I think. Because just, if, it's you, like, if you're going to insist that the, it's here so that we get the call right, then make that someone's entire job that we get. The their call. only job. Yeah. Their only job is to say, hey. And I think the, the challenge It's still subjective. It is still, it's subjective. still subjective. But yeah. if, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, it shouldn't be like, hey, let's wait to see if the manager or coach wants to. And then they're going to throw something onto the field. And then we're going to. It's like, fucking A. Either they got it right on the field or they didn't. But here's, here's, what's, here's what's wrong with the whole system. We watched, I watched the NBA finals, right? And the, 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 whatever channel has it. They've actually got the – they have a representative from the NBA, right? So they go, oh, my God, is that a flagrant? They go, let's toss this to Bob over in freaking D.C., right? <laughs> this is when I turn the volume off. And Bob goes, well, based on the ruling, blah, 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 he does this, blah, blah, this, that should be ruled a flagrant or not be ruled a flagrant, whatever the case is. And then the guys in the court go, the total opposite of what this guy just said, right? And so – even though this guy is a, a official, a head official, a rules official, who's part of these, he, he's friends and colleagues with the guys on the court. He just made an opposite decision from the guy, other, other guy who had his head in the in the in the screen, and this guy is supposed to be the the, the overseer of all of it. So, it's it's still BS. It's, you know, instant replay really doesn't get to the heart of anything because it's still subjective. I agree. And I, I think the only, my personal opinion is the only time instant replay should really matter is when you're. Track and field. Well, not. Did well, you jump that, the gun or you didn't jump the gun? Or, or <laughs> photo finishes, yes, right? Like, photo finishes. But that goes to football. Did the I'm guy cross the plane? Did the, did, the <laughs> base, did the baseball pass on the left side or the right side of the foul pole? Like, did it go over the wall? Like, to me, that's the only place it should matter. It did. In hockey, did the puck, because things are moving so quickly, did the puck pass the crease, the line of the crease? Should it all be a goal? Like, like all the other judgment stuff, there's a reason you're paying these guys to judge. To make a decision. And if they get it wrong, and my dad used to say this, the referees are just, they're like equipment. Sometimes your equipment breaks. You can't you can't say oh my bat broke so I got out so your dad's got some of the greatest I know. he's got some of the greatest so my bat broke so I get to do it over no your bat broke and you got out that's how it is if you're if you're fucking run down the field and your chin strap broke and your head like gets blown off and you get a concussion you're not in the game there's no do overs that's that's part of the game the the, the Referees. You know, that's a lesson in life, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's how I feel all of this stuff, uh, uh, um, as far as the replays go, should work. Like, just those very few instances. Did the ball cross the goal line? Did the puck pass the plane? Did the ball go out of the ballpark? Like, everything else is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm and, with and, you, man. Because if you're a pitcher, and going back to where we started, if you're a pitcher in baseball... And this guy is calling the ball over here that's outside the zone. He's calling a strike. Some guys call those. Some guys do. 
So you know what you need to do? Throw the, if you're the pitcher, throw the damn ball over there. And if you're the hitter, you need to know. You gotta swing at that. You gotta swing at that. <laughs> Don't. And it's like everything else. You got the book on the pitcher. You got the book on this hitter. You gotta have the book on the on the, on the umpire. And then you gotta you do. know what this guy calls, right? Right. <laughs> and I blame all of this on lawyers. <laughs> uh, everything's blamed on lawyers, man. <laughs> and I look at this as like. I asked my mom if I, or I asked my dad if I could have cookies before dinner, and my dad told me no. So then, because I didn't get what I wanted, you I go ask my mom. Exactly. That's what I see half of this shit as. It's like, no, dude, you already got shot down. You got shot down. You know what you need? You need a little quiet move. <laughs> Put in the jungle foot. Make me feel all nice and cozy. <laughs> Going down, Bill. Uh, anywho, on the on with the next uh, fun thing that I want to talk about in the world of sports this week. There's a surfing contest going. Oh, on. oh man! Oh, God. Did you see that? That's so oh, crazy. Because you know, like that ain't no dolphin there, mofo. No. So this was in, it was in what, South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Mick uh, uh, Fanning. Mick Fanning is out there riding a wave for a surf contest. And that, that was that, crazy. That fin just popped up. This dorsal fin comes out and just is making a beeline for him. And then all of a sudden, he's underwater. That was scary. And then yeah. his board is finally off over here somewhere. Um, it sounds like, from the sound of things and his description of it, that his leash pretty much saved his life. because the, well, the shark chewed his leash off. shark chewed in through his leash and got kind of tangled a little bit. And he was punching the shark and... Uh, it did take a chunk out of his board too. Yes. yes. Wow. It, it, it uh, took it, it. It got a. It got a like a pressure ding, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a pressure thing. He, okay. He hit he it ran really into it yeah. hard enough. Yeah. So I gotta say, I was watching that, water. and I had an odd moment like that, and I thought I was there. It was a dolphin though. It was a dolphin. Yeah. We've, like, all, we've all been there. He was just fucking with you. <laughs> we've all been. And there. he was just fucking with you. He didn't touch me, but he came like. I, I looked over my shoulder and I saw that same sort of fin. So I, when I first saw that, my wife said, "You got to see this," and I was like, oh, "It's a dolphin," because that's I, I actually had that sort of moment happen. I was like, "It's a dolphin," and then all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, holy. well, you saw the size of it. And yeah. You knew for sure." And that's not did you hear? No did, you, did you hear the? Uh, did you hear the announcer? Oh shit! Oh Sorry. shit! Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Moment, that man. guy is probably going to get fired. <laughs> but I think he. Oh, he said, oh, shit. Yeah, of course. Did you see that his Big buddy? Fanning's wetsuit said, "Oh shit." Did you yeah. see his buddy who uh, was in the competition with him? Uh-oh. They interviewed him, and he he was telling the story, and he goes, and I looked over, and uh, and he started bawling. I mean, he did. He just he goes, I couldn't get to him, and he was under, and I was freaked out, and, uh, and as he's talking to the announcer, the the reporter, he just starts, he just breaks down, and. and I mean, that's a true friend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And you had some, uh, <laughs> some brilliant commentator after the fact saying, I can't believe for for such a high-profile event that they couldn't have people out there to clear the water. Clear the water? <laughs> no, you're in their environment, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sharks, we got a contest coming up here in an hour. <laughs> This Y'all is, need to leave the area. This is not the you know, 1960s Batman with Adam West. 
There is no bat shark repellent that here's the thing. Use to make anytime, the any, any, <laughs> I, I, this is what drives me nuts. Anytime there's something going on and reporters have to just yeah, wing they it, got a riff. they're idiots. I, yeah. I watch, I, you know, I watch pursuits a lot because I like watching car chases. And if that pursuit lasts more than about thirty seconds, <laughs> the talking heads, they have nothing to say and they have nothing. They have no intelligence to add to it. And they started saying the stupidest shit. I was watching a pursuit <laughs> about a month ago, and this car is just hauling. No, this guy's on a motorcycle, and he's hauling ass. And just, he's just on the freeways and stuff like this. And this pursuit's been going on for half an hour. <laughs> now he comes up on three other motorcycles that just happen to be on the freeway. Mm-hmm. And then the, the reporter says, huh, he's approaching other cyclists. Oh, he went by. Apparently they didn't know each other. <laughs> I go, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> mm. You mean all? They're not all friends. <laughs> they're, they're not all friends. It's like every time somebody goes, "There's ten hey, of them." And they like all know time, each other. Every time I run, some guy goes, "Hey, uh, uh, you? Oh, you live to such and such? Yeah. Hey, I knew a black guy lived there. Do you know someone so?" <laughs> No, we don't all know each other. You guys, are all, you guys are all friends, right? That's how that works? We all might say hi to each other, but we all don't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you listen to Swoop Show on the Talk Star Radio Network. We're doing a little T-Bones timeout, and we're going to take a quick break and come back after this. Who are we going to listen to, guys? You got any, uh, uh, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got queued up. The Ultra Billies, and this is called Can't Look Up. Back after this. Up yonder is a special place made for you and made for me. Well, all right, all right. If you wanna go there, gotta fight for the light. Well, the streets of gold are lined with pearls. Ain't none like it in this world. Well, all right, all right. In the
children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talks Radio, Radio Network. <laughs> Here with T-Bone! And your time out. <laughs> well, you know, we were just talking a little bit about Mick Fanning and his run-in with the uh, unhappy shark down in J-Bay. Unhappy Europe, because... South yeah, unhappy because they didn't, they didn't get to eat him. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, he says, uh, yeah, I'll... He makes his living at surfing, right? He goes... I'll, yeah, I'll eventually go back in the water. <laughs> yeah. no, it's funny because on Sunday I was at the aquarium of the Pacific and you go through the little shark part there uh-huh. and it's got a thing about how like sharks are misunderstood and this is what a shark sees from down below when they look up at a seal and this is what they see from down below when they look up at a surfer on a surfboard and the silhouettes look almost the same. Well, this Especially shark, when you're a black surfer. This shark did not come from the depths and go straight up looking no. at This shark was... At water level, just below, and coming straight across, like I don't buy that whole thing. Do they do they know what kind of shark it was? I didn't ever catch that. I don't know what that. they ever said. I mean, they, they, they never they never I, specified. I know that great whites are great whites are predominant in, down there, but in that area, there are other sharks. So I was wondering. I did. Yeah, I, did, I don't know because great whites are known for coming from below and like kind of that's why you see great white it's doing the big breeze. yeah but you get that you get that warning not too that, many you get that. <laughs> <laughs> not too many of the other sharks are not too many of the other sharks are capable of doing that they just don't have the power to do that and so have you seen that video that, that that's why i'm wondering that comes from and it, t- it hits that seal yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. Oh, but that's what that's what they're known for because they they can. They are so powerful that they can come up super fast, and they're coming up so fast they breach. This one, as you were saying, didn't do that. So I'm wondering. Uh, I saw the video, but I didn't find out at the time whether or not it was a great white. Because um, other sharks, like tiger sharks, are famous for uh, traveling in very very shallow water sometimes, and 
traveling at the top of the water and striking, like hitting. They'll hit multiple times. And then once they've injured it, then they'll pull it down. Great whites don't, generally speaking, they don't do that. And so I was wondering, like, I don't know enough to know, but it seemed like that was not a great white attack. It seemed like it was much more of a um, tiger shark or blue shark, like those sharks that like like to hit multiple times, because that's what it seemed like it was doing mm-hmm. from the video I saw. So I was wondering if you knew. I do not. I do know, however, that McFanning <laughs> uh, left the water with... No physical injuries whatsoever. That's sure that his, pretty amazing. I'm sure that he's not going to sleep right for a while. Yeah, you think? It's, <laughs> his psyche is injured. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I had, after the dolphin incident, I had a, like a bass or something to brush, brush my leg. And I was like, oh, my poor... <laughs> Paddle around like this. Like, oh, that's a Seaweed. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I love best about that video was? is like all of a sudden, like way after the fact, the, whoever was the announcer for the, the event was like, everybody, get out of the water. You know, burn. Everybody, get out of the water. It's like, it's already way too late. Like, this guy is like, I'm helping, but it was just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was. He was pretty calm because he, because even you know, I saw an interview with him today, where they they, they, you know, they kind of talking through. He's talking through the, the video. Yeah. And he says, "Well, here he goes." I started swimming. He says, "Now you see him on my back," and he says, "I'm looking back," and because you know the, the the skip skiff thing hadn't pulled up to save him yet. Right, right, right. He says, "I figured if if I'm going to go down, I'm going to look this thing in the eye when it comes back after me, and you know, try to throw a few more punches." And so he's actually doing like a little backstroke, and you know, he's kind of looking back towards where he, where he came from. And I'm thinking, I think you're right with that one. I, I you know, I, you, cause you just swimming your ass off, it, it can come back behind you. And, uh, well, they have said that, uh, like especially in the cases of well, all sharks, but especially great whites. I mean, they're pretty much indestructible. But the one place where they are uh, theoretically vulnerable. Is in their eyes. So if you can if you can punch them in the eyes, they will sort of go ooh and move along. Hey, what up, dude? Um, <laughs> it takes a lot of. I mean, but I mean, is that true? Punch underwater. Yeah, so it's quite a bit of work. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, adrenaline helps there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, I think that's why we have that. Huh? Those survival moments when you need to pick up. Yeah, exactly. Fucking shark. Get out a window because hubby his came home. There's a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, I had to save my grandma's nephew. Yeah. You're a Trojan. Broken ankles. I think myself out to be a hero. You know, here's the thing. You mentioned that. Why did I just say that? Why don't I just say, you know, I. Sorry, bro. I did some weird, crazy crap, and I, I hurt myself. Why do you got to make yourself a hero that all of a sudden people are going to pick up on, it and it's going to go viral, man? Next thing you know, you're yeah, just that was a, some a douche. Fatal mistake. Yeah. You want this to go away. Yeah. You don't want yeah. it to be popping up in the I tripped over the curb, and the light was out. Yeah. Even like, you know what, dude? I had too many beers. Yeah. My bad. Yep. Whoops. I think my bad erases a whole lot of stuff. At least that's what my kids tell me. <laughs> oh man! So the Concacaf 
Copa de Oro. Copa de Oro! Taking place right now. This is the North oh, yeah. and Central America and Caribbean <laughs> soccer tournament. Goes Don't dip into so tease. Uh, why not? The United not that States, tea. The United Your States tea. men's team played against Jamaica today. Jamaica. Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah. I don't know where Orchata was today. Um, the U.S. took on the hibiscus flower beverage today. And apparently did not do so hot. Uh, well, they only lost by a point. It was two nothing in the first half. Two nil in the first half. Yeah, two nothing. Wow. We lose at soccer. First time they lost on our soil in like twenty one years. First time the U.S. men's national team has lost on American soil in quite some time. Yeah. Um, they've managed to generally hold their own very well, and it helps that they haven't played many of the big teams uh, from. Outside the on oh, what are you saying, Nate? Those guys are good, man. Don't, don't, don't shortchange them like that. Who, Jamaica? No, the U.S. The bobsled yeah. team? No, the U.S. team is... Fun. <laughs> <a word>. But, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they have beaten Mexico or tied them occasionally for, like, the last ten years they've owned... They've Mexico. come, they've come out ahead, for sure. And Mexico has been on downward streak the last few years. I mean... Mexico got to beat up on Cuba a couple weeks ago in the tournament because Cuba is really bad. Oh, their their uh, but, lives aren't on the line anymore. And then Mexico lost to Trinidad last week. So uh, Mexico reminds me uh, or, or makes me think of uh, the English uh, national team where, like, they have a bunch of really talented guys, guys that are playing and oftentimes, uh, like, top-tier teams throughout the world. But when you get them all together... They can't do shit, yeah. and that's they, that's like what they're the elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what it, that's what they remind me of. Uh, so I'm not surprised on that. But the U.S. usually they do a pretty good job, generally speaking. And they uh, kind of own this tournament. The yeah. last the last ten years, years almost. Yeah. So uh, everybody has a bad game every now and then. I think that you know. Well, the U.S. team started off bad. They went down two 0 at the half, right? Yeah. They came back fire. They gave up two goals in five minutes. Mm. Who's playing goalie right now? That's tough. Uh, Not Howard, right? I don't think so. <laughs> it didn't look like Howard, but... No, he's retired, board. man. He's retired. No, he still plays for Everton, right? I don't think so. I think he's retired. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe no, you could be right, too. Maybe it was once the name <laughs> You got a 50-50 shot. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, Casey something Kellerman? I'd still rather have Howard. I mean, that guy was he's solid. A beast, man. But he's getting, up, he's getting a little long in the tooth. Long in the tooth. He was. He was. For you sure. Do UFC or something now. <laughs> <laughs> He's big enough, right? He still looks I don't know, they, they I don't know if he has that set of skills. They still have him listed as a, as a goalie for Everton. <laughs> he was hurt this, earlier this year. I think he had an ankle injury, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's why they lost? There you go. Well, the, the Estados Unidos were not victorious today. And where'd they play? Where'd they play? It was somewhere here. That's all I know. Okay. Because that can be a factor too, playing like in a much 
like there was times where nobody wanted to go play Costa Rica, right? Because they play at that like even higher altitude than than Denver, you know, and everybody kind of. So I was wondering if that was maybe a factor, but it doesn't sound like it was. So they just got whooped, then. yeah, just had a bad day. It happens. Um, Joel Roberts is the goal, and you know we have a lot of. Young, enthusiastic fans of the U.S. national teams. I'm going to use that euphemism for bandwagoners who wear box scarves. Um, And a lot of the young, enthusiastic fans don't understand that even good teams have bad days. So I already saw people posting things about how this this dumbass needs to be fired and all this stuff. It's like, this tournament in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean... Well, but wait... Isn't isn't placing high in the Concacaf important it, it to get into the World Cup, for right? World Cup, but but the World uh, Cups. It's not the only way in at either. the end of this contract. Ah. so so yeah, right. So when's the next World Cup? The, What's the one in Dubai or something like that? Twenty eighteen is in it's in Russia, I believe. Oh, okay. Twenty eighteen, right, right. Twenty eighteen. So, so this is not a huge one. If it, it was the one leading up to, one, it would matter a lot more. Yeah, yeah. One that, that had some more bearing in the qualifying stuff. It, we, you had to know last year the way that the World Cup final, the way that the final roster shook out for the World Cup for the U.S. You had to know that the coach was making some. Bold plans for the interest of the future. Yeah. Some of those yeah, might, when he not, did, might not be when, working when out. He, when he didn't take it, when he didn't take Landon Donovan, you think yeah. that was a move, move, a future move, or was so, it was it you pissed me off in the past? Man. Um, yeah, I mean there were other guys who didn't make this this phase of cuts too. So um, who was it? Beasley, I think they held him out. Clint Dempsey actually had to sit some of it. He, Dempsey's a, he he's, he's, he's still has he still has some game. He, he he told a referee that he was a, <laughs> he dropped the c word on one of the referees. <laughs> got a red card. <laughs> so, somebody else had already gotten a red, and, and Dempsey didn't agree with the call, so he just said, "You're a fucking cunt." Dempsey said this. I like I do like Dempsey. I like feisty guys. I like Dempsey. The next but the baller. The next game back, he. He dropped two goals. He just said, "Think, think." He's a gamer, man. He's a so, gamer. Uh, yeah, I'm young to be losing all his hair, but so is Donovan. Yeah, I was gonna say that seems to be a soccer thing. It is a soccer thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those headers, man. They need to be worried about their brains and their hairlines. You need to start wearing. Stay off the way. We we need to get we need to get Anthony Davis to talk to the doctors we're working with to see why all the soccer players uh, is it directly related to headers or is it directly related to concussions that they're losing their hair? You know, I, don't I feel know. like this is one of those times we need we need to have a disclaimer. At the I think the World Cup's in Russia next time. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you said? It is what he said. I thought you said some Middle Eastern thing. 2022. I said that. It's oh. in uh, the UAE. D- Dubai or something Saudi like that, right? Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Or no, yeah, Qatar. Yeah. Sorry, there. Okay, okay. Reaction, I'm, I'm like, would you, would you really? I, I'm going to choose to say Qatar. 
Well, oh, I would, I would too. But, uh, but yeah, that's how. I think the regi- that's how they the, say it on the news. The regional people, uh, the news people, uh, call yeah. it cutter, right? They do, they do call it yeah, cutter. Yeah. But I don't watch the news, so it's not. But it's, I mean, it's overrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would you want to? I don't know. I'm just if I'm going to uh, the World Cup, I'm going there for the pageantry, the crazy ass parties, the hookers, the the hookers and the booze, and that the champagne. Gonna be, that ain't gonna be happening there, right? Oh, it's gonna be miserable. Russia's gonna be off the hook. According to some porn sites, <laughs> Russia will be off the hook. Yeah, it's gonna be some <laughs> next level shit. <laughs> I might want to go to that one. Just taking a tour of Amsterdam, I was amazed at how many of those ladies dancing in windows had very strong Slavic and Russian accents going. It was it was very much odd. It was odd. It was odd. It just seemed so prevalent. Something tells me that if some of those women could be closer to home for the summer, which they might do, yeah, we we could have a. But like this. Qatar, oh, not so much. Let's see, we got a Qatar, we got a Russia. Yeah, man. Let's see, we can't 125 drink, can't drink degrees there. and no booze and no pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fly a plane Decision into a made! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta wonder what you got you gotta wonder what FIFA's even thinking because that's a huge part no, no, of... No, you don't have to wonder what people was thinking. That was all yeah. graft right there. Well, but... <laughs> yeah, I do. But, I mean, because that's a huge, huge part of the of the whole thing is, yeah. is the... Talk, there's like a three-month buildup of how many sex workers are going to be moving into the area. Brazil will have to be a, a den of iniquity. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all kinds of crazy... It's like Caligula. All... Mm. That would be some good shit right there, man. I, I was. I mean, the, the local talent is already there. There, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of it comes with extra parts, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to check the. Got to kick a few tires before you buy that car, right? Well, exactly. You look familiar. Were you in Lithium? <laughs> So yeah, the people who sounded the alarms about firing a coach and oh, blowing up and starting over need to get a grip. So apparently, this, this tournament was perfect for this time of year because it matters about even less than the Major League Baseball All Star game. Yep. Before you wrap it up, which I know you're heading down that road real quickly, apparently if you win some summer league thing, you're now eligible to be a NBA head coach. Did you hear that? Oh, the, the chick? Yeah. What's her name? I don't know. She's, a, she's assistant coach for the Spurs, right? She's coaching their summer league. Coaching their summer league game, yeah. No, they, I don't think it really cool. gives her. Nobody gives her a look. Do you, really, do you think in this day and age you make a rat's ass if, it's, if your head coach is a woman or a male? I don't. I don't as long as you I, win. Yeah. It's, it goes back to Al Davis, man. Just win, baby. If you can't, if, if she's a winner, nobody gives a rat's ass, right? If she's a loser, she doesn't, she doesn't keep the job. And but it's not because she's a woman. It's because she doesn't win the games. And here's the deal. Popovich is like the Bill Belichick of the NBA. Oh, so you have... Yeah, you know, you got to get down on your knees and thank God for the system and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, but that guy knows exactly what strings to pull and buttons to push. And he's to, probably growing To get the most out of a team. Yeah. And this, this woman is going to have so much 
credibility. Yeah, she's which is the only obstacle. She's I think, Carrie right? Popovich's clipboard, yeah, basically. The yeah. only obstacle I think put really put in front of any female head coach in a major men's professional sport in this country at this point would be credibility with your players. I think you know, at this point, an organization would would be willing to pull the trigger. Well, here's the thing. I've the seen, fans, I, I've the, seen the fans that complain would be branded as bigots and all that stuff. Yeah, just right. like people well, whatever. That, yeah. But I've seen female collegiate basketball coaches who are better coaches than some of the collegiate basketball coaches, men collegiate basketball coaches. Well, sure. What's the woman from Connecticut NBA. who's fucking in Tennessee? Yeah. The other one, too, right? They yeah. both that just... Yeah. We're consistently kind of like the John year Wilson. after yeah. year after year. It's yeah. like it became boring. It's like, oh, yeah, well, those two, yep, yeah, duh. They know how to recruit. They know how to coach. They know how to win. Mm-hmm. Bing, bang, bong. That usually gets you an opportunity in the big leagues. Now, all things being said, they should have had an opportunity in the WNBA because that's where the female – players were at the time, and they were coaching female players, but if, if, if an NBA team wants to give them an opportunity, so be it. They're, they've already proven themselves as quality, outstanding coaches. Well, and the way I, I mean, there are And coaches. there's a ton of coaches there, that didn't right. even coach college ball, yeah. didn't play college ball, yeah. didn't play professional. And are there men coaching in the WNBA? Yes. Yeah. So who gives a shit? I think uh, a couple of Lakers have coached yeah. in the WNBA. You know, there are men coaching in women's college basketball? Yeah. So who gives a shit? I mean, like, Nobody really gives a shit. Yeah, and I think like that's why what I'm saying the only the only real impediment at this point is credibility with your team. Are they gonna trust you? Because and because and because like the you? because, because like the Cavaliers really bunch of Cavaliers stars. really have a lot of lot of they have a lot of trust in their coach. Well, you know they you treat got, him like crap. Yeah, but there's one thing that's not gonna get thrown out as a reason why. They don't respect their coach. But that's the problem, and I think we're in agreement here. If 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 she if she makes it to the pros and she proves herself by winning, which is the same standard that most men coaches have, mm-hmm. you know they got they got to prove themselves by winning. No no problem. If she doesn't prove herself because she doesn't win, which is the same standard they hold most men coaches to. But then you'll hear she did, she got fired because she was a woman, which the truth of the matter is she didn't. She got fired because she didn't win, and I think that's what you, that's what you that's the point you were making, right? Yeah. Yeah. I and I I think we're at the point where if and when she gets a shot, yeah, she deserves one as a head coach. Yeah. She will get the vast benefit of the doubt borderline LeBron status protection from the national sports media, which, of course, Hillary will get the same thing. What, <laughs> what she should get, what she should get. And, she, she and, and, should get the, the, the best, the best, <clears throat> the best route for her to take is, well, Popovich is near the end of his career, is for her to step up, is for the, for them to move her up when Pop retires. Because she's already knows the system, she's been there for a while. I think team. I think when you see a team that initially give the assistant coach the first shot, you know, who's been there a while, I think people kind of respect that. And if they don't prove themselves, then people kind of go. Except well, for USC. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, people go, well, you didn't, you didn't prove yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> you really weren't that important to the team. You know, that's how I could look at it. Unless you're older. <laughs> Team's going to shit, dude. We want you to take over for a while. And we're getting rid of this other guy. What are you in? Now we're on a win streak for the rest of the season. Oh, you should be next up. But you're not. <laughs> I feel like it's like a Chris Rock skin. <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Oh, it it got screwed. Mm. screwed. Thank you very much, Pat Hayden Road Scholar. <laughs> ah, that's right. That's right. Told you lawyers were gonna where you at here, man? You here? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just, just asking that. <laughs> oh, sugar. <laughs> Eleven o'clock. Oh. There you have it. Another edition of T-Bird. Shut up. Next week on Super Bowl Live in studio, Kelly Skinner in the house. Hey, uh, we want to thank uh, Chris Schindler from Villa Avenue for joining us tonight. Peter, any last good words of wisdom for our folks? Just, you know, if you're going to go out there and surf, just know that you're in somebody else's turf. Exactly. t Boat. And as we always say, dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.